Can you be quiet, please? Thank you. Welcome to Pirate Radio Live. There's local politics, bud. I don't care about the weather. I can't control the weather. Don't want to talk about the weather. Sustained effort and violence. No, please. No, please. Everyone be quiet. Was that supposed to be funny? I got a little taco meat on my chest. Cool. Neat story. I want to shake his hand. 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 Family. Let's get to pumping. Now live from the Pirate Radio Studios in the heart of the Pirate Nation, here is your host, Clip Brock. All righty, beautiful spring day in eastern North Carolina. Great day to talk sports with you here on Pirate Radio Live on Pirate Radio 92.7 FM in Greenville, 104.1. In Washington, we're on 1250, 930 online, PR927FM.com, and you can watch the show and chime in with your questions, comments, concerns. Otherwise, on Facebook Live and also on YouTube. Subscribe to Pirate Radio TV on YouTube and you can chime in there also on Facebook. Our show can be found there. Also, the Brian Bailey Show, all of our ECU postgame video as well as we'll have some up coming up tomorrow night after the Pirates take on elon and there's been a time change on that one east carolina and elon that game was scheduled to start at 6 30 uh kind of an odd start time for that one but now that game has been moved up due to potential weather and will begin at three o'clock four o'clock four o'clock i was trying to stall and look that up four o'clock on a wednesday they'll take on uncw tonight on the road but back home on wednesday and then home friday saturday sunday for vcu so we'll talk some pirate baseball during today's show also some east carolina hoops maybe mix in some football talk as well steven Igo will join us at five o'clock to talk all things ecu we will talk east carolina hoops the new coaching hire michael schwartz uh, named the new head basketball coach at East Carolina, Cy Seymour, joins us to talk about that. In hour number two, ECU softball has won five in a row, eight out of nine. They play at home tomorrow against UNCW. Shane Winkler, head coach uh, in his first year, going to join us to talk about the Red Hot Softball Pirates coming up at 4 o'clock. We'll talk some sports with Mully. Look at the quarterback carousel in the NFL. Harold Varner III will be competing in the Masters. We got some more HV3 news today. There's an event coming up in April that is a team event, two-on-two, and he has teamed up with Bubba Watson. So uh, we'll talk uh, some golf with Molly coming up later on in this hour. And Ellerby kicks us off here in the Pirate Radio studios with a lot going on in the sports world. Hello, Jonathan. Just a ton going on. March Madness clip, Brock. Have you... uh gone mad watching your brackets get busted i got mad last night did you i thought i'd be okay without basketball and i've seen this movie advertised all over social media all over everywhere it's a new ben affleck movie called deep water on hulu Mm. and i was like no basketball tonight after dinner and everything settles down i'm gonna catch a good flick deep water and i watched it and it was awful it was boring it stunk. Did you hang through the whole movie? Yes. I angrily watched it to the end because I thought something eventually was going to happen. And nothing happened. So, Rotten Tomatoes, Clip Brock rating. <laughs> Very low, huh? Yeah. I mean, if you're into female nudity, there's a little bit of that. So, that the i'll give it a two percent so that's what kept you that's what kept you along <laughs> no not really because not to get into it but that's easy to find these days if you want it <laughs> if you know where to look 
So, no, the movie stunk. I cannot believe that uh, I sat through that, and now I, I am March Mad, Ellerby, because I need more basketball. You know, uh, did you ever watch the Gong Show? Do you, did you, was that yeah, way before your... I think it's a tad before my time. You know, when they when they'd have an act up there playing, and then... Well, I someone, watched... Uh, okay. When someone had had enough, they would hit the hit the gong. I was going to say, I watched, I guess... Uh, the uh the black version of that which would be showtime at the apollo <laughs> when they would bring out the sandman and he'd take the, uh, okay. the person off the stage yeah and i guess they've done that with uh, some of the singing shows of re- where they hit the buzzard if they yeah. want you to quit but uh. but the gong show was kind of the original and that's you kind of feel like everybody may need a gong like in their living room and then just <laughs> all right i'm done and you, you just can't take anymore and you just walk up and you hit it <laughs> and then then you got the tv off uh so yeah i need uh i need more basketball i guess tonight i can watch uh like chandler said my former girlfriend is taking on another one of my former i got two girlfriends playing tonight ellerby saint bonaventure and Jaden gardner facing off i'm just so in confused the, in the nit <laughs> i, am I so have uh, broken up with saint bonaventure as my random team mm-hmm. after they blew it in the a10 tournament live on the air a couple weeks ago and of course, Jaden Gardner, we all used to root for. This is a great. To- this is a great topic. How many exes do you have uh, from the sports <laughs> in world? in the sports world? <laughs> Freddie Freeman, uh, hate mean, him. What, who's been your toughest breakup? And, and, and has there been anybody that's really broke up with you in the sports world? No, nah, this is all one-sided relationships where they don't know I exist. Oh, okay. Uh, so, so you're kind of like George Glass. I got to tell you, Freddie. What's that reference? The Brady Bunch. When uh, Jan Brady made up, made up a boyfriend. We're not that far apart in age, Ellerby, but your references are <laughs> a little older than mine. That, that, you know, Marsha always had a boyfriend, yeah. so Jan Jan was jealous. So she, she made, made up one that she was dating George Glass. <laughs> <laughs> Classic. Episode. I got a lot of George Glasses out there. Yeah, I got to tell you, the Freddie Freeman one was tough, but immediately I got over it. Since they brought in Matt Olson and were able to sign him to a, a right. long deal. So do you automatically, so like when you have a sports breakup, do you automatically reconnect with somebody else or is it just kind of, you know what, it's, you know, like do you, Matt Olson's your new girlfriend or? Nah, nah. So you, you just, nah. so he's not your new girlfriend. I kind of already got a side thing going with Ronald Acuna anyway. <laughs> so not to tell Freddie. As far as my random basketball team, I am going to give that some time. Right. And uh, pick somebody new next November. You had Swansea City in soccer at one point. Yeah, and they got booted from the Premier League, so that's been even kind of tough to follow where they even play now. So, so. you broke up with them? No, no. We, oh. We're just in a uh, waiting period. Like a, so you just aren't... We're taking a break. You're seeing other people. No, no. No. <laughs> I'm, I'm you're not, not seeing any other soccer teams. No. <laughs> I have not seen any soccer in about three years now, seemingly. Um, so, yeah, there's that. What are we even talking... Oh, that stupid movie I saw. It's terrible. Don't yes. watch it. Um, I'm really curious into your sports girlfriends here. Like, uh, who, who's your best relationship you ever had with a with a Washington footballer, uh, Redskin, or now Commander? He stunk. Uh, Michael Westbrook was my guy. First jersey I ever owned. He's the guy that punched uh, his teammate, knocked him out at practice. Uh, I thought you also were a Taylor guy, too. What was it, Sean Taylor? He uh, was murdered. Yes. So yeah, yeah. My, my relationships do not end well. <laughs> they end in murder or just them leaving me outright. You know, I just heard the other day, weren't you talking on the air about podcasts that you like and you love murder mysteries? Yes. So, I mean, I maybe your maybe your sports dating is like a dateline. And as a matter of fact, LRB, you just gave me an idea. I'll probably catch up on some old datelines tonight. That's a good idea. I'm trying to, to fill the void, you know? 
You know, you could also you could also start writing some scripts for like Troy D's love relationships with Coach K, Bill Belichick. <laughs> you know, like all his all his secondary loves that he has in his sports relationships. Be a great topic with him when he comes on. Uh, it would be. WJ says, have you had Schwartz on the show yet? No, we have not. Uh, but uh, Stephen Igo said that there should be some type of press conference coming up this week. Absolutely. Cy Seymour said uh, that she knew Schwartz was coming into town, to, like driving in today. So I'm assuming LRB at some point this week will probably get something out at ecu i would think i would absolutely think that uh, they would want to have a big media presentation and uh let's guess maybe like on a thursday during a big basketball day as we kick off sweet 16 that'd be nice that would be a good day to uh rally around some schwartz news into uh the basketball meet before the weekend before it got lost in all the basketball stuff so i'm thinking maybe either wednesday afternoon or thursday morning would be a great time for schwartz to uh, sit down in front of all the media anthony dunn says i'm the manta teow of sports i have a lot of lene kakua's fake girlfriends wow that's uh-huh. a, whatever happened to manta teow he was uh, in the NFL. I but don't know he if flamed he out. He never he he got drafted by somebody, but I don't think he made the team. And well, he's a really good college football player. I don't know if anybody thought he'd be a great NFL guy. Um, he played well. He played for the Bears in 2020, <laughs> where careers go to die, and that explains it. Yes. Uh, wow, that was 2012, where he won all those awards. 2012. He won the Maxwell Award, Lot Trophy, Chuck Bednarik Award, Water Camp Award, Bronco Nagurski Award, Buckus Award winner, Lombardi winner, unanimous All-American, all in 2012. And then he had the fake girlfriend. Ten years later, where is he? That's That 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 would be another good Dateline for Clint Rock to put together. <laughs> where is Manti Teo? You can, who's the guy that hosts Dateline that's always has the voice? Keith Morrison. Yeah. The, uh, that could be Clint Rock. Where is Manti Teo now? Or was there murder involved? <laughs> fake, yeah. fake girlfriends? Love a good Dateline. Speaking of uh, relationships, um, my relationship with Michael Schwartz, and again, this is a one-sided deal. He doesn't know I exist yet. I, d- I have a great question it's not a great question it's a dumb question for when i get to talk to him one-on-one we were looking at the schwartz file lrb right when it was announced Mm -hmm. he went to beverly hills high school if my math is right he graduated as a senior at beverly hills high school in 95 or 96 right in the wheelhouse of beverly hills 90210 so i want to ask him like was he into that show was it depicted I thought you were going to ask him if he was on the show. Because it was real, right? Are you that Brent, show was Brendan real. Walsh? Uh, no, like, how accurate was that show? Did he live that lifestyle? Like, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of fascinated by that. And maybe he was a Saved by the Bell guy instead. And then after he answers that, I'll say, all right, thanks for coming in. No basketball <laughs> questions. That's all I need. Yes. Was he a 90210 fan? That yeah. Was, that was a 90s classic show, right? Because he was there in the 90210 yeah. living it as it was happening. I wonder how relatable that show... I want. you think he watched that show or do you think he that's was what, just... That's what I want to know. Or he just ate basketball, lived, breathed, ate basketball the whole time. Like Ellerby, if there was a show called Pitt County... 28590. That would be Winterville, where yeah. I'm from. Uh, would we watch it? Yeah, we'd watch it, but like we'd probably like hate watch it. Like that's not real. That's not what it's like. So. But in but in yeah, but I mean <clears throat> Beverly Hills in Los Angeles. I mean, do you, I mean you're just surrounded by it all the time. It's it it would stand out here. 
it's kind of like lizard lick towing. <laughs> At some point, you watched an episode of lizard lick towing, whether you want to admit it or not, just to see. I can honestly say I never have. What? Never. Really? Yeah. You didn't have a relationship with the towing guys? I never got involved. Man, was that you, True TV? Uh, it might have been. Is it might? I'm not sure what channel it was. But what I, I was getting to, yes. my relationship with uh, Schwartz is, I'd say, heating up a little bit. Like oh, really? It, it started with uh tennessee guy he's got ties there of course he's going to bring in one of those assistants who was cares? it a little rocky at first it was it was more of a eh, nothing burger who cares right and then you was start that because you were angry over the other coach being let go not you, necessarily uh you just you just didn't i thought it was kind of boring the excitement meter just wasn't wasn't going right off in, in, the, in the in the brock yes yeah but then you see what others say about him you start to learn more about him you you hear the zoom which we were we were going to get some like audio of but it went on the entire rest of our show because it went so long right see how long that zoom went last week it was like over an hour he just kept talking um but now he's trying to compete with you (laughs) now he's a competition (laughs) but i'm i'm starting to to get excited about it is my point so the uh schwartz meter is moving the schwartz meter is yeah starting your, to your schwartz is growing <laughs> <laughs> schwartz is uh yeah it's it's rising i think i think it'll grow even more when uh, you hear his press i think maybe you should go to the press conference go attend if it's not at like from three to six on wednesday or thursday which it will be because sure. they because they discriminate against you yes they don't want you there no but i think it'd be great and i'm you. the basketball guy by the way, my main relationship right now is uh, on the rope seller be Brandon Suggs. Will he be back in an ECU uniform next year? Well, I mean, I just want to get back to the press conference. If they can get it at a, at a reasonable hour for you, sitting in the front row with uh, some flowers, you know. Clip Rock, Pirate Radio, Section 213. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking for the fans? Just, the, uh, the just, just got a couple of questions, Coach. I what start. will you do to make Section 213 uh, fill up? Well, you got less with, empty you got to start with 90210 first i feel like that's more of a in studio one-on-one thing okay. more than a ask at a press conference thing don't you no no i, I, I do I, yeah maybe so maybe that's more like the crazy super bowl press conference right there to go 90210 yeah that, i don't know if that you got to know your audience know your time and place so what else did the schwartz file say that he was he went to beverly hills high school he uh just coached he followed rick barnes around chandler's got a bold prediction really chandler says that uh there's going to be a splash hire for one of the assistants i've heard his uh and that theory. would be north carolina native frank haith who schwartz coached under at at two spots miami and tulsa so he's been there he's been with rick barnes at texas came back with him in tennessee and uh i don't know he's got a long file would you uh would you be excited about frank haith joining the staff yeah uh heck yeah veteran and has been a, a head recruiter before uh he's been at different areas in florida i don't know how much we're going to recruit oklahoma or tulsa but yeah i would be excited about frank haith if you had to pick between frank and uh suggs to be on the team <laughs> next year <laughs> who who, who ellery loves a hypothetical <laughs> tough choice i just like to put you in a tough spot just to see i just like to know where your loyalty ah, that's easy brandon sucks brandon sucks uh, sorry coach how am i gonna there'd be no boat the haith boat doesn't really sound nah, as good yeah frank the tank i can't root for an assistant <laughs> coach at games well you have before <laughs> uh, daryl leberry yeah. <laughs> see like, uh, you, are you still in a relationship with daryl leberry do you know that i actually um 
<laughs> when ECU had an opening, I told Shelly Benninger to to look at Daryl LeBerry. Did you really? Yeah, I was Are like, you... look, Daryl LeBerry is the freaking man. How did you do that? Through text, email, he was phone a call? very good player. It was through some sort of... Uh, Social media? Yeah. Could have been through Twitter. Uh, right. I was like, look, great player. Been in, in Atlanta. Been a great assistant. Uh, up and comer. Young. Hungry. And then very shortly after that was when he like got caught up in the... Uh, misunderstanding. <laughs> scandal. <laughs> it's, it's a misunderstanding. I was trying to get us on probation uh, unintentionally. Well, sometimes your purple colored glasses uh, just... You know, you want the best for the program. Oh, like he did something that nobody else has done. Give me a break. Right. Um, so, LRB, I'm a little gun shy on giving suggestions to administrators from here on out. Right. But uh, what about uh, head coaches? Would you give Would you give Schwartz some coaching tips of assistance to get? I'd say see what Daryl Berry's up to. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go back to that well. Uh, and and my buddy Chandler says Frank Haith, uh, he's not doing anything right now. Currently not. Bring him on board. Yeah, that, so, that is true. I like it. Uh, bottom line, um, I'm warming up to Schwartz and uh, getting excited about it, Elder. Well, you know, the Schwartz news over the next few weeks should uh, – I mean, he should be able to make some news because the Final Four is the coaches' convention, <clears throat> which is a couple weeks away. So, you know, there's going to be some drops of – some assistant coaches coming up and then hopefully he's boots on the ground meeting with brandon suggs and tristan newton and all the players that are uh going to be coming back and and uh, he'll have another great opportunity as you said he won the press conference the other day with yeah a lot which, of great drops look which i know it doesn't matter but it's better than not go ahead and the, go ahead and win it yeah it's better than not winning the press conference well, and I'm not going to say I'm concerned because I don't know. It, it's a big deal, but it's not make or break like football really when it comes to hiring assistants. But I am concerned. I am concerned about a first year head coach. Don't get me wrong; he's got relationships, but he doesn't have a ready made staff to bring with him. He's going to have to like piece together a staff for the first time ever, kind of learning on well, the fly. He's really 100 percent focused on it since when? When did they lose? Friday or Saturday? Tennessee. When did they get back? They won second the, round. So, so it was Saturday. Saturday. It was Saturday. So I mean, really, it's he's three days. So I'm sure if you had to drive from Knoxville to Greenville, that's a lot of time to uh, make some phone calls. It's a lot of Dateline podcast. And I have to imagine that when he interviewed with John Gilbert, that he probably had to lay out who his assistant coaches. Who would you bring he, in? Here's my plan A. You know, I got Clip Chandler and Mully, and then if Clip Chandler and Mully can't come, here's who my backup three are. That that's what Troy D. Ellerby and LeBerry. I don't think you'd want me. It, or Troy D for, for Ellery, you are a great speaker, a great speaker, so like I, motivational guy. So I, maybe maybe I could just talk to the team beforehand and then have popcorn courtside. You don't need any. We don't need basketball. You don't acumen. Need, for ba- you. you don't need basketball pep talk. Nah. Okay, Mully's the X's and O's guy. He is. I'm the free throw coach. Are you good at free throws? Am I good at free throws? Did you? Uh, did y'all hear what he just asked me? <laughs> Am I good at free? Am I good at free throws? <laughs> Uh, I used to be. I don't know. I you know who you. you're talking to? I didn't even know who you're talking to. I pictured you more as a guy that was doing the fouling instead of being fouled. I'm not close enough to my the guy I'm guarding to foul. <laughs> <laughs> I'm at the other end of the court. I could see you kind of as when someone came in the paint, they paid for it sort of person. <laughs> Back in the day, enforcer? No, I. Uh, you you weren't the enforcer. Actually, Chad Moore, uh, listener of the show, uh, lovable loser of the show, was nicknamed the enforcer because there was one game in particular. He played like 
35 seconds and got four fouls it was incredible wow he was just hacking hacking dudes one of my buddies in uh when we were playing little league basketball in raleigh and our game was the next game and i showed up early to see their game and he sat on the bench like the whole time and i was like what happened he fouled out in the first quarter (laughs) i was like i was like dude (laughs) how did you do that that is a bummer to have to sit there the rest of the game i was like you know because i mean you know little league basketball or whatever it was called i mean you get x number of playing time you're supposed to play in the second half at some point (laughs) i was like are you hurt he's like no i fouled out (laughs) i like it i like the intensity yeah uh redbeard says you watch that show about outer banks that is similar to him watching 90210 i mean i don't what about dawson's creek is that a north carolina based deal uh, it is and i watched uh dawson's creek when i was in high school Mm. so pacey and and the crew all right uh Uh, go ahead chandler clip um with mike schwartz coming to uh, east carolina tennessee has updated their staff justin gady who was also in the mix for the East Carolina job has been uh, promoted to the associate head coaching position, which was Mike Schwartz's position, and then Greg Polinsky uh, takes over the vacant assistant coaching position. Igo said months ago now that if ECU does make a change, be on the lookout for Michael Schwartz, who I'd never heard of, or Justin Ganey. And I was like, Justin Ganey, the state point guard? Right. And uh, I had no idea he was in coaching. Igo also said Ganey has a son that plays for uh, South Carolina Upstate. And uh, I was actually watching their conference tournament, and they were previewing him. He had some good numbers. And the thought was that if he's named head coach, it'd be a package deal. He'd bring his son here, that kind of thing. But uh, I had no idea Justin Ganey was coaching. So, yeah, he is now, I guess, the top assistant And that's a good idea for assistant coaches for Schwartz, who has sons that are available to come play Yeah, that are really good. I mean, that has worked for teams uh, around the country. Was it Cade Cunningham that went to Oklahoma State just because his uh, was his brother or his dad got hired as an assistant or something? Yeah. We need to find one of those guys. Yeah, there you go. We kind of tried that, I think, with Charles Coleman because George Wright Easy was his AAU coach, I want to say, something like that. And uh, It did, worked. We got him here. Yeah, we got him. And then we didn't have him. And now he's the only basketball player on St. Joseph's that wants to play basketball. Yeah, I don't know if you missed that. Day, I did miss that. Yeah, that's a reference to the show a couple weeks ago. Sorry. Uh, so Pirate Baseball going on as we look at our Bud Light ECU report. LRB, they need to uh, get back on track starting today against the old rival, UNCW Seahawks. Yes, uh, Pirates sitting at 10-10, 10 10, 36 games to go. Uh, got some work to do and uh always good to beat the rivals uncw got nc state next week got elon this week as well and then uh you know non-conference with vcu this week but uh gonna have to have be a little bit more dominant in the conference play and uh, certainly build that momentum back uh with these uh you know midweek games with uh, the in-state rivals in particular so uh i still believe in this this baseball team and uh they, they've shown some great promise they've also shown some very disappointing games as well but uh certainly not giving up on the pirates yet gotta get some good starting pitching especially in the weekend how about today our guy Ryder giles gonna get the start again i'm not gonna mention his stats y'all can look them up for yourself but he's let's just say he's done a good job pitching so far this year okay very good so uh hopefully he continues that uh today and uh, we'll talk to Ryder and the crew next Monday. Enjoyed hooking up with Holt Naylor's yesterday, mm-hmm. LRB. He'll be on with us Mondays throughout spring football, and he gave us an update. And sounds like they really uh, hit the ground running, where a few years ago it was 
Mike Houston saying they had to learn how to practice. Now he says the players could pretty much conduct a practice themselves, which is very good to hear. Right? I mean, that's got to be the case of where we are with this football program, where we are with Mike Houston getting a big offseason raise and extension. So uh, th- this program is, uh, after last year, having a very solid year. Disappointing we didn't get to play in the bowl game to see if we could finish with eight wins. But after having a very solid year, having some nice win streaks during the season, this is you, you got to point to this season as, as a breakout year where, where this team is is expected to win a lot more than, than not. <laughs> Jonathan said, I should be at the press conference front row with an I Heart 90210 t-shirt. Mike, Mike, question, question. <laughs> uh, Steve Young, not that Steve Young, says Burleson just went down swinging 0 for 3 today looking for his first hit of spring training. He was back in the lineup today for the Cardinals. Uh, Shirley had his numbers from yesterday, knocked in a run, got hit by a pitch, but did not get a hit, and he is still looking for his first spring training hit. So. Great to have baseball back. Yeah, spring just, training game. I watched a little spring training uh, baseball on the app the other day. It, it, it's cool to have uh, have it back, and uh, looking forward to watching uh, having MLB back. All right, let's uh, let's take a break, Ellery. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, Molly's here, so yeah, we'll uh, get Molly in here. You can hammer him with some more baseball questions. We'll talk baseball. We'll talk golf. We'll talk March Madness. We'll talk uh, quarterback carousel in the NFL. It went wild on Monday. It is crazy. I mean, every team seemingly, if you don't have one, you're trying to upgrade, and it's happened this off season. Talk about all that and a lot more when we return on Pirate Radio Live after this. listening to Hour 1 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by University PC Care, your local tech support experts for all your personal and business needs. Visit universitypccare.com to learn more today. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Are you in outside sales and looking for an opportunity to increase your earning potential? CopyPro has been in Eastern North Carolina for over 45 years and continues to grow each year. And they are in need of more sales professionals with a desire to potentially make a six-figure income. Do you have what it takes? Visit copypro.net today to submit your resume and to learn more. Now let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here is your host, Clip Rock. Welcome back to Pirate Radio Live. Shirley, I don't know if I properly welcomed you into today's show, so welcome. Well, thank you. Good to be here. Is it? Sort of. Or are you just here? I, I'm here. You're kind of required to be here. Yeah. There are I don't wor- really have Look, a choice in the matter. Let's face it. There are a lot of worse jobs out there. That That is true. So be, count your blessings, folks. That's the lesson for today. Chan Man is here, and I don't know if Chandler's good at golf, never seen him play, but you got some cool golf apparel. You look like you're ready to, to hit the course. That now. is the sign of a bad golfer. <laughs> yeah. When you look too much the part, Yeah. <laughs> sometimes you're not good. Okay. Yeah. Mike Mullis. I'd say he does them both, though. Kind of looks the part at times and also plays it well. Hey, Molly. Hey, buddy. Yeah, that's called outdressing your game. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, do you think Chandler's got all the new equipment, too? Like the the, the hot driver, uh, no, I would, the cool I would, putter? I would bet he hadn't made that investment. No, and I actually have told you before, Molly, like my, my clubs are very old. I have the old, uh, my grandfather's ping, like, golf set from, like, the early 2000s, mid-2000s. Well, the first problem there is he called it a golf set. 
<laughs> you got to know the lingo, son. Sorry, son. <laughs> a golf set. What do you call it? a golf set of clubs? Set of clubs. Set of irons. Yeah. I got my my granddad's ping irons. Would have been a. I got my granddad's ping irons. Yeah, she's probably just saying that in the mirror tonight. Ping irons. For ping next, irons. For next time this comes up, uh, uh, you'll know what to set say. Set of clubs. <laughs> Molly, do you get annoyed when you go out there and uh, people blame the equipment? Do you pick on them when they do that? Like, man, if I had a, a better driver, I'd have hit that one straight. Nah, you, no, I, I, some of the guys I play with, if they got a problem with their driver, they just break it. I mean, huh. they, just, they just go straight yeah. up. How many clubs have uh, passed away? of your doing it, when i first started playing and my my expectations were a little unrealistic i i would uh i've broken a club or two but it's been a long time any of you thrown any in the water or anything yeah yeah, yeah i threw a wedge uh in the in the marsh at brook valley yeah i mean you know it you, got, you got a hot temper there I, it, it's again i've got a little older it's not quite as big a deal as it was then all right fair enough uh while we're talking golf we'll stick to it i saw today molly there is a tournament in mid-april so the Masters begins on the seventh. I think this is either the following week or two weeks later. Uh, it's the team event where it's two on two or whatever. It's mm-hmm. a two man teams. HV three teamed up with Bubba Watson, so they'll probably get some some play. A couple big names there. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh, they have to play well to get you know the TV time, but um, I like that. I like the. What do you think about? mixing it up doing a little no that's cool well this weekend event. you've got the w- wgc which is a match play which starts on like wednesday that. uh and that's a round robin and then they seat them out kind of like the ncaa tournament and they, they play into sunday till you know last man standing so uh yeah i mean it, it, it is cool it's cool to see them to, to see them do different things i think that's why you know so many of us like like the, the Ryder cup or the president's cup or the solheim cup because we get to see uh, these folks that are so used to an individual sport actually you know participating or competing in a uh, team environment what's that last one he said the uh, soul high coach the the ladies equivalent 10-4 yep uh and we can announce that harold varner the third will indeed participate in this year's masters we thought that would be the case yeah. and he has uh put himself in a position to do that for the first time ever so you know i'm not a golf guy but i i like i'll watch the masters final round or whatever now i have a rooting interest i'm excited about it yeah i kind of feel like hv3's uh like crowd would kind of be similar to what like 10 cup like you know come up in the rv and go to waffle house after the match and you know drink a few beers and that kind of thing you know country boy crowd yeah well kind of a john daly type crowd you know uh but yeah no that's that's what a cool thing and um yeah, I mean, at, at this point, he's pretty well got it locked up. I would imagine he's probably already received his invitation and uh, all the uh, accoutrement that goes along with with being invited. So, should be really cool. I'm sure he'll participate in everything they let him do. You know, as far as part you know, three, the part three, and different events. And I, I again, I don't, I don't know how they uh, pick those spots for the part three. I, I, I'm sure it's kind of a name recognition deal, or it could be that anybody in the field could. I, I, I don't know. But what else do they do outside of that? There's like that, a caddy they, tournament. They have a champions. Right? Di- I mean, they have the di- all the dinner events, which he obviously doesn't get invited to the champions dinner yet. But, uh, but no, you're right. The biggest thing is the is the par three, and then they caddies in a lot of these things will on the practice round days they may hit a few shots or play a couple holes or that kind of thing. So, but I, uh, yeah, man, it'll be a lot of fun to watch him play in it. I watched a uh, caddy tournament once on TV. Good. It was. Uh, 
It's a Caddyshack yeah. movie. Yeah, that was weak. I, I know that's where you were going. I couldn't think of the golf course name. And, was that supposed to be funny? Yeah, because it was. That's <laughs> fine. I don't get it. Look, you don't, I don't get 100%. I think 1,000, whatever. I think it was Bushwood. Bushwood was the name of the golf course. I mean, that would have been a little better. It still wouldn't have been funny. There's no gambling at Bushwood, sir. The Bushwood Open or something, maybe you could have gotten away with that. That's fine. Anyway. I'm not, I don't plan on batting a thousand. I want to hit three, four hundred. I want to be Ted Williams. Lofty aspirations. I don't think so. I think I'm hitting there, Molly. You're going to disagree. That's fine. No, I, you, you're arguing with yourself. I, I just think you could do <laughs> I'm arguing with you. I think you could do better than three or 400 in the ballpark you play in. We're not We're not asking you to hit a baseball. We're, we're asking you to be funny. You're saying that. We're asking you to be funny or at least witty more than 40% of the you're time. You're right. That is a low number to yeah, shoot for. Exactly right. Okay, I'm with hey, you now. I'm with you. Hey, Clip, nice hat. When you bought it, did you get a free bowl of soup? <laughs> now we're just going to do Caddyshack lines? Yeah. All right. No, 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 All right, Molly, what else is going on? How about this? Did you fill out a bracket? No, no, no. I don't fill out brackets. No, I I have uh, historically and have had reasonable success, but I've not done one this year at Should have jumped on our board, man. Well, you know, I didn't want to embarrass you guys. Appreciate that. Yep. That would have looked bad if you came in here and hadn't watched. The, you watched one college basketball game, ECU Memphis first half and that's it all year no I've, I've watched more games of that i just yeah i haven't been How about the team we saw live that uh-huh. team had gonzaga on the ropes the other night yeah. that's kind of hard to to fathom well th- the team we saw that night wasn't the team that had True. gonzaga on the ropes good point yeah they, they had, had some of the jerseys some of the people were out there in the jersey yeah they had four or five guys that were on the bench that were you know injured or whatever at the time and yeah. they, they're pretty pretty physically impressive dudes that uh tcu arizona unfortunately was late on a sunday night don't know if you stayed up for that no. one but those two and there's been some others but those have been maybe the best two games of the tournament thus far what has stood out to you, Molly? I guess here locally, you still got Duke and North Carolina alive. And, and that's yeah, that's great. But I, 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 the the most impressive game to me still was watching uh, Mark Wharton's uh, the UT Chattanooga in the conference. Man, you know the conference championship with the lead changed. Hands, oh, that like, conference championship yeah, game, like twenty <laughs> like twenty five seconds, lead changed hands like four times. And yeah, dude hits a, a buzzer beater from the parking lot to win it. That. That was still the coolest thing I've seen this year. Uh, we have had a bunch of overtime games. There's been some tight ones. Chattanooga had the ball to try to hit another buzzer beater in the first round yeah. and just rimmed out and uh, could not advance. But I guess your darling this year is St. Peter's. And that, yeah, that's been cool, but that's, I mean, that's coming to an end. Yeah, in a big way against Purdue, Yeah, you think? Yeah. Uh, knocking off Big Bad Kentucky was, was kind of fun, though uh let's see yeah that was that was one of those deals where you had to read that score twice because that hold on is that right or is that a typo and to beat him in overtime right and it happened the next day too when north carolina blew that big lead to baylor you think all right well they had their shot it's over and they still were able to do it in overtime and you know in college basketball a lot of times that overtime period when you have the discrepancy of st peter's and kentucky could end up being a 10 or 12 point right lacking usually it is yeah so good for st peter's all right who's gonna win it molly you got your. I mean, I still like Gonzaga. Okay. I mean, I you know they, they, the thing is they they have yet to peak or play to their ability in the tournament, and I think if they were able to grab that final gear, it could be kind of game over at that point. Still, three number one seeds left: Arizona, Kansas, Gonzaga, Purdue. At times this year, has played like a one seed with their two big guys in uh, in Ivy, so they are certainly a contender because they should be able to get by St. Peter's. 
you would think they could beat the North Carolina UCLA winner and get to the Final Four. You know what? So many folks are just listening to it more than, and, and again, I've just casually listened, but there's a lot of folks liking Carolina into the Final Four. They are hot. They I mean, are. they lost to Virginia Tech. Outside of that, they have been maybe the hottest team in the country. Yep. I just think it's a depth issue. Shirley uh, has a, um, a Matt Painter story. Did you know Matt Painter used to be an assistant at Barton? I did not. Was he a women's assistant, Shirley? Is that what you told me? No. Okay, he was a no, men's... No, he, he was a men's... He was only there for a year, but he was a, one of the assistant coaches for and the men's team. Now he's trying to make the Final Four at Purdue. That's pretty cool. How about that? Yeah, he was... He had to have been fresh out of college at that point. Oh, yeah. yeah that's Paying his dues. That's how it starts. You, yeah. you, know, you yep. got to get a foot in the door somewhere. Yep. Well, Michael Schwartz, Molly, has paid his dues and will now be the head basketball coach at East Carolina. Mm-hmm. Thoughts? That is true. May the Schwartz be with you. I get that reference. I mean, I you know, but I... I uh, you know, I heard Ellerby say, uh, you know, he used the term, he, he won the press conference, and, and we've seen that before. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, Scotty you know, Montgomery, big press Scotty conference. Scotty Montgomery winner. was extremely impressive in his in his press Mike conference. Houston also won a press conference. Well, so, it doesn't I, mean anything. Yeah, I don't think I was comparing it to Mike Houston, but I... I, I know, but I like to be fair and balanced. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, as it relates to Coach Schwartz, I mean, obviously, I think it was a, a foregone conclusion that somebody from uh, tennessee was coming in here and uh you know and, and, and he was the uh the lucky winner so we'll we'll see best of luck to him <laughs> i see people say who would want this job all the time and then when they get the job i see he has no idea what he's walking into i kind of agree with that just the the graveyard that is ecu basketball you just hope Molly that this is the the the, the guy. But we you just haven't it, had the guy. You, you got to feel like with the ties that Gilbert has, the depth of tie to Tennessee that 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 that, that Schwartz is going to get every possible. Support. Unlike the previous coach, probably correct. Yeah, which correct. is not fair, but no, that that's the nature of the beast. Yeah. So I mean, I agree you, with that. You got to think that that you know that's got to work in his favor, but th- this is you know truly, and we, we say it all the time as it relates to sports. Time will tell, you know. Time will tell, and you know we talked about it a little bit before. Uh, the thing that he definitely has working for him is that the conference is coming back to the middle quite a bit in the next year or so with definitely. losing, you know, losing your best players. The downside of that is you could finish top three in the conference and still not get a bid. So if it, if if the if the, the the mark of success is the NCAA or even an NIT bid, um, and the NIT seems more realistic with the new conference, um, you know, we'll, we'll, the, the, those are attainable deals again with with kind of softening your your competition a little bit. Bouncing around with Mike Mullis, Molly, how long can you hang out? I mean, I'm good. Let's take a time out. We'll come back and wrap up the hour with you. Is that all okay. right? Okay. I want to ask you about the uh, the quarterback carousel, which continues in the NFL. And I'll uh, talk a little baseball as well. ECU, uh, milestone victory for Tommy Eason, mm-hmm. uh, Pitt Community College. And see where you are right now with Major League Baseball, how that relationship's going. That and more on the way on Pirate Radio Live after this.
You're listening to Hour One of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by University PC Care, your local tech support experts for all your personal and business needs. Visit universitypccare.com to learn more today. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Kinetic Physical Therapy and Wellness Center will be hosting their uh, Live Well Half Marathon Free 5K and One Mile Fun Run coming up this Saturday, March 26th at the Greenville Town Common. The half marathon will begin at 7.30 a.m. The free 5K starts at 9 a.m. And then the one-mile fun run starts at 8.30 a.m. And the purpose of the event is to promote the health of Pitt County residents. And this event gives both competitive and first-time runners a chance to experience the benefits of physical activity and healthy living. For more information, call 364-2806. For the Kinetic Physical Therapy and Wellness uh, Live Well Half Marathon Free 5K and One Mile Fun Run on Saturday, March 26th. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip Brock. Back with you on Pirate Radio Live. Coming up in the 4 o'clock hour, ECU first-year softball coach Shane Winkler will join us. They have won five in a row, eight out of nine, playing well. They'll be home on Wednesday and then open up conference play on the road against Memphis this weekend. So we'll talk a little softball. And then Cy Seymour will brighten our day with some ECU basketball talk. And we'll look ahead at the matchups coming up on Thursday and Friday night. You can hear the games right here on Pirate Radio if you are out and about. So check them out right here uh, this weekend on Pirate Radio. Mike Mullis here in the Pirate Radio studios. And Mully, we've hit on um, some hoops, some golf. Let's talk some baseball going into the season the pirates uh were ranked where they were ranked and i think you had a little pause on that like let's wait and see what we got here and so far they have not been able to make up for the numbers of connor norby thomas francisco offensively certain certainly in the pitching department with gavin williams especially with carson wisenhunt not being able to pitch all of 2022 so Still looking to see what kind of team this is going to be sitting at 520 games into the year. Where are we, Mully, and where are we going with this baseball team? Uh, yeah, I, sitting at 500, you know, oh. 10 and 10, 20 games in. I mean, that, that's uh, there's no – I don't know what's weird, and I know the staff has probably got to be a little perplexed because they. I know they felt good about the team, and, and I, I, you know, I, I think – First off, when you when you lose the production that you just mentioned, man, that is just a huge mountain to climb to try to get those numbers back in your lineup. Uh, so I, I mean, the jury's still out. I'm sure they're uh, as a club, including players, coaches, and everybody around it. They're they're clearly not very happy with with where they've been. And I thought this past weekend, um, Friday night uh, looked reasonable. And Saturday and Sunday kind of felt like, or the continuation into Saturday and Sunday, kind of felt like a little regression there. So I, you know, and it's it's funny though, and we've talked about it before. Early on in the season, even you know when the offense was 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 really kind of trying to find themselves, the pitching staff seemed to keep them right there. And now we're you know now we're kind of got a little bit of a, and you know, nobody can quite figure out what the, what the deal is. I keep it's two weeks in a row now some of the the players uh come in here on mondays and talk about how zach agno said that they, they wanted to beat us charleston more than we wanted to beat them i mean that's concerning well, that's a problem and to hear how they need to be the aggressor and be the hunter rather than the hunted and all that but so there's that part of it but there's also you can want it as much as you want to if you can't well, get it I, done you can't get it done so how much is it like i, I can't imagine that that 
that that Agnos really meant that in that you know kind of what he said and I'm sure that if he was given an opportunity to expand on it maybe a little bit yeah, more well, because it's not like um it's not like this is not like uh, like East Carolina playing uh Carolina in basketball you know where you would go hey this is a big game we get up for this game and I mean East Carolina yeah they they're they're uh, a perennial I say powerhouse, but a perennial team that's right there every year. But Chad Holbrook at Charleston, he's seen all this. I mean, he was at South Carolina. He was at Carolina. I'm sure that that was not a uh, here's a rah-rah moment uh, to, to get fired up to beat the number. I mean, they just beat the number one team in the country Te- midweek. Texas, yeah, so, right. I mean, I, you know, <clears throat> I, I'm sure that there there's probably further explanation. And I can guarantee you that nobody in the coaching staff wants to hear, uh, you know, that, that because – what that kind of puts in your mind is that the, the, the going through the paces. Oh well, it's just College of Charleston. I know that can't be what he meant. Uh, at least I was. And I think not. he's saying that too. Moving forward, they just need to really treat every game as it's precious and and to, I don't yeah, know and that, well, full that, effort, that, all that stuff. Right, all the all the coach speak stuff. Yeah. I, I and again, I think those um, those those isms. You know that they, they they you know they make good posters. But but I don't know that you you know to add pressure to yourself. I think you got you got to go out and play the game. And, I know. And two, after you you start to run out of things to say when you no yeah. What, well, what else do you want me to say? I, I mean, get that, the same yeah, questions exactly, over and over. Exactly again. right. And so. I you know so I, I uh, but I I mean obviously um, all hope is not lost and this thing is you know we'll see what happens. It's far from over. And looking at uh, just a little bit that I've looked at at the conference, it looks like that's going to be pretty interesting. Uh, nobody really exerting any dominance on any of their non-conference opponents so i don't know we'll see i mean it's um it is strange to think that an ecu baseball team is 10 and 10 at this point in the season but let's also not forget that they've played one heck of a schedule yeah so i mean this is not a 10 and 10 where they've been beaten yep that, that opening brian thing that opening out. weekend was definitely <clears throat> uh um, yeah was a was a black eye but I mean, they've played some quality clubs, and that doesn't stop. I mean, they, you know, they've got Wilmington tonight and Elon tomorrow, and uh, who they, they, they open the conference this weekend with Cincinnati, if I'm not mistaken. Is that right? Coming up next week. They yeah. got VCU this weekend. Uh, VCU this weekend, and then, yeah. All right, Molly, uh, have you followed the movement in Major League Baseball this offseason? The, the the trades? Yeah. Yeah, the fact that Freddie's gone, is that what Freddie's you're well, and, alluding to? Matt Olson coming to Atlanta's huge uh, to replace it's just that. that just, I, I get it, and I get that move. That is a very good business move when you can, you, know, you and I talked about it, and you made the point that they basically bought the same production for less money than any younger dude. So, you know, it's it's a little more of a long-term play, but uh, I, I mean, should the Dodgers go undefeated? Man, yeah, I, I hear you, but like we do this every year with that I, Mookie Betts and Fr- I mean, yeah, they should. I mean, they they are an all star team, and they'll be there at the end of the year. But I, it's just I don't know. I, the, you know what? We pick at the Yankees, and the Dodgers are the Dodgers are on the on the West Coast doing the exact same thing that the Yankees have notoriously done. And you know, the Braves like they I, I, I seem to root for a lot of losers, and I kind of like the uphill battle, the underdog stuff. But now the Braves, they bring in Olsen. They have locked down Albies and Acuna for mm-hmm. multiple years. Kenley Jansen comes over from the Dodgers. They're not quite the Dodgers and the Yankees, but I'm glad to see them saying, hey, we're here to stay. We're going to spend money. Yeah, They showed the... and. 
what's your take on this molly when you look at the payrolls and it shows the dodgers and then the baltimore orioles are like uh what is it four times the amount yeah. maybe more than that payroll compared to the orioles well i what should base? What can baseball do? I mean, it's I about I, getting an owner that spends money, right? I, I mean, mean I, yeah, that's. I mean, again, this isn't new. Yeah, I mean, we, yeah you know, yeah. Steinbrenner's done this. I mean, what year? A year ago, we were talking about the Padres spending a bunch of money. Right. I mean, you, you know, you, you. This is not a new thing. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it looks like. And, and, and that's again, why it was weird to see the Twins get Correa because they're never in the mix for no. these guys. And it, you know, it's it's no different than you, you look at what the NBA's done. You look at what. I mean, you look at the money that, that that these quarterbacks are getting as they're getting shuffled around. I mean, it's look, man, it's it's it it's it's a crazy, um, crazy lucrative business all the way around. All like the business being the world, the sport, the, the world of sports, athletics, yeah. professional athletics, the world's of, it's the world of TV entertainment. I mean, it's not. I, look, I, I'll argue till I'm blue in the face. It's not about selling tickets. It's about TV revenue. Yeah. Uh, Molly, two years ago, two or three, that offseason where Brady went to the Bucks, Rivers went to the Colts, I was like, this is crazy. This is strange. I've never seen it. like. And now, this is what the NFL is. If you don't have a quarterback, you are trying to upgrade, even if it's a minuscule upgrade from what you had the previous year. We saw Washington do it with Carson Wentz. Yesterday, the Colts bring in Matt Ryan, who I think is an upgrade from Wentz. But is he? I I think so. The only thing that you would maybe feel that way for is because at least he stays healthy. There's going to be less turnovers. Yeah, and, and Carson Wentz just can't seem to keep himself on the field. And it's so it's just like coaching where you see a coach stay somewhere for seven years, kind of wear out his welcome. He gets fired. Another team gets him, and they're fired. Hey, we got this guy now. Right. Tom Thibodeau's our guy now. Right. The other team just got sick of him. So now these fan bases are doing the same thing with these quarterbacks. Like, yep. I am sick of this guy. I'm sick of looking at his face. Another team gets him. Matt Ryan, we got a chance for a Super Bowl here in Indy. It's it's funny. And, and I, it feels to me like Matt Ryan's got to be about my age. I mean, I just it feels like he's been in the league forever. I'm gonna say he was came out in like '08. No, that might have been Stafford. When his first, I think his first year was '08. Okay, Uh, '08 NFL draft. Uh, So Mully, he is 36. But in football years, he is 58. He's 100. Look at him. He doesn't look. You you look way younger than Mully. When I saw him, you know, they were had all the highlights, whatever here lately, and I'm like, ah, he looks like he's like aged a (laughs) a million years, been in a tanning bed or something. I I don't know. Uh, so there you go. You uh, your rooting interest is the Green Bay Packers. You, what are they? I mean, we no Devontae. We're back. No playmakers. That's right. Devontae Adams is a losing De- losing Devontae Adams is a way bigger hit than signing Aaron Rodgers was a bonus. Hmm. Nah, hundred oh, percent. Well, you don't like Jordan Love. You wouldn't rather have Love and Adams. Well, than... you know, give me Matt Ryan. I mean, if if they're right. yeah, if they're flopping them around like this, <laughs> but I mean, you you know, you give the guy what three years, one hundred fifty million bucks, and and again, the only way this is a success is he's got to win. When I thought it was four years, I said he had to win two Super Bowls. Now he's got to win one and at least get to another one. Receivers don't seem to be make or break to winning a Super Bowl, but. And there's also the case of a quarterback making a receiver look way better than he is. I don't think that's the case with Adams. I no, think and he we is... couldn't do it with him. We couldn't get by the first round with Devontae right. Adams. So what do we do now? 
I mean, I, you see what I'm saying? I'd I, love to see the Packers draft a quarterback. It's <laughs> to really freak out. Oh, that would out. be, yeah. <laughs> but there's no quarterbacks worth drafting. Well, I, you know what? Was Jordan I, Love worth drafting? Well, you know, and I remember you asking me about that on draft. And I tried to take, I was like, you know what? He's a good athlete, blah, blah, blah. I tried to, you know, he's awful. You are not on the in the camp of Jordan Love. No, he's awful. I, I, look, if I was going to take a quarterback right now, <clears throat> whole picture, and I, a little bit, you know, partial because it was on today but malik willis man i just oh you're you're falling into the the hype i i, I saw and, and you know what just from a character standpoint makeup all those things man i, I think that kid is a uh is a good guy and, I, and he's a great athlete and chandler you said it right before the show right malik willis or bust for the pan so where does uh baker mayfield falls into that category of we're sick of this guy see i would have rather seen baker mayfield but some team's gonna bring him in and the fans will be like all right let's go and and if i'm gardner Minshew, still you know i've kind of continued to yeah i'm like hey guys where's his agent you should be his agent hey hey guys you know i've had pretty pretty reasonable success in this league put me on a good defense give me a chance to get a little run and yeah let's see what happens man it's really gonna be a travesty if aaron Rodgers gets hurt it, it, that's going to be like the end. All that money. I you're trying to talk that into existence. Don't do that. We don't want injuries to happen, Molly. Well, I, <laughs> no, but I just, I just have. You want them to have egg on their face for no, all this just, they've done. I just feel like it's a terrible move. I just think it's at the total detriment of all that is Green Bay. You said this, Molly, and it just becomes more and more true every day. It's the Green Bay Rogers. Dude, it is. It is a one-man show. Is, I, I guess he's going to throw it to himself, and you know, at Rogers it, Field, hand it to himself, and it's I, the Rogers know. Trophy. I, Lombardi's I, gone. I, I don't. I, Lambo's gone. Did they say? Did, did we re-sign Aaron Jones? Aaron, he's no, still on the roster. Okay, yeah. he's a good friend of mine. Oh, is you he, talk about clips, buddy? Aaron, uh, Aaron Jones? No, the other one. No, uh, I no. I don't think I sent it to you. Did you see where I, I met Aaron Jones? No. Yeah, met him at uh, Sub Dogs. He is cousins because Aaron Jones went to UTEP. Tristan Newton, an El Paso guy, he's uh, his cousins. I met. He is a short dude too. Okay. Look at the bling. So me and Aaron are uh, both are hanging out. We're pals. Yeah. How about that? I was like, you yeah. know, uh, Mike Mullins. <laughs> yeah, I know Mullins. Yeah. Good guy. <laughs> All right, there you go, Molly, Thanks for hanging out, man. Yeah, man. Enjoyed it always. And uh, beautiful week. Getting some golf in. It's a beautiful day today. Amongst supposed, your eight jobs. supposed to rain tomorrow and Thursday. Oh, we got it. I'll be on the road. Ah, uh, 10 4. Appreciate it, man. Yeah, buddy. Take a time out. Come back. Hey, get your winks ready. Shane Winkler. Going to wink it up with us. They are winning some games. Talk about Pirate Softball and more when we return on Pirate Radio Live, hour two on the way after this. of Pirate Radio Live. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Topo Chico Hard Seltzer, the only hard seltzer inspired by Topo Chico Mineral Water's legendary taste. Topo Chico Hard Seltzer is gluten-free and it contains only 100 calories and has an ultra-refreshing crisp taste with real lime juice and tequila flavor. Look for the Topo Chico Variety Pack today at your favorite retailer. Topo Chico Hard Seltzer is proudly distributed by Coastal Beverage Company, 
please drink responsibly. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here is your host, Cliff Brock. All righty, rolling right along here on a Tuesday edition of Pirate Radio Live. We got Cy Seymour coming up. We're going to talk about the matchups Thursday and Friday in the NCAA tournament. Also get his thoughts on Joe Dooley out, Michael Schwartz in as the head basketball coach at East Carolina. But right now, we will talk a little ECU softball. They're playing great. Uh, they have won five in a row, eight out of nine. Shane Winkler is the first-year head coach of the Softball Pirates. He joins us today here on Pirate Radio Live. Coach, appreciate your time. How you doing? Great, Cliff. Thanks for having me. It's uh, obviously a busy time of season, but uh, going really well for the Pirates, so uh, we're, we're really excited about a big week ahead. Yeah, I wanted to get you on because you do have a, a home game coming up uh, against UNCW and all the recent success uh, that the team has been having. Winners of five in a row, winners of eight out of nine. So let's talk about this run your team is on right now, Coach, and uh, what's been going right for you these last couple weeks? Well, I mean, the good thing for us, uh, a little bit of everything the past past week and a half, uh, for the past five games, we've, th- we've thrown shutouts. So we, we've got some great performances from the circle, from a couple of our pitchers, and then uh, a lot of a lot of timely hitting. Uh, but again, it's just, just a lot of things that we've built up from the fall, just again, trying to learn how to win, doing the little things. Uh, we're, we're still need, needing to grow in a lot of places, but uh, the biggest thing is finding ways to win. So I've, I've said all along, I'd rather rather learn from a win than, than learning from a loss. And we're, we're doing a lot of learning uh, from a lot of good things right now. You shut teams out, you're going to win a whole lot of ball games, Coach. Also, that five uh, seems to be a popular number. You scored five runs in every win against College of Charleston and also uh, in one of the wins against Ryder. Is that – I know you want to score 15, 20 runs a game, but is that five-run mark important to you? What, what do you want to score a game, Coach, that would make you feel comfortable that you can get a win? You know, we we don't talk a lot about it uh, on, on where we need to be because uh, again, there's there's so many factors that are going in. But I mean, with the pitching staff, we uh, hopefully they can feel comfortable if we're in that four or five range. Uh, if if we're doing that, then we feel like they're they're going to do enough to keep us in ball games. So uh, if we can keep landing on that five, I think we're going to do pretty well moving forward. Shane Winkler joining us on the Pirate Radio Live Line. East Carolina will be home coming up Wednesday against UNCW at 5 o'clock. And, Coach, uh, who are the, the individuals that have been standouts for you during this run you've been on? You know, obviously, like we said, with the shutouts and the pitching staff uh, and, and those three, Logan Estes has really stepped up recently. Uh, Maddie Davis has had some really outstanding performances as well. Uh, and then Taylor Smith uh, was basically two pitches away from a perfect game. Uh, and that was in the first inning, our last game against College of Charleston. She gave up a couple singles and then uh, shut them down the rest of the way. So they, they've done really well. And uh, out, uh, offensively, re- really, our entire outfield has, has done really well. Faith, Faith Jarvis has been our, our table setter at the leadoff spot all year, and she's, she's been dangling right around 400 all season long. And then, again, Logan Estes, two-way player for us, been pitching well, been, been swinging the bat really well. Uh, and then Sydney Yoder as well. Uh, has hit really well for us. So our, our outfield has kind of uh, led the way offensively, and then we've, we've got some performances from game to game. So the good thing is we've, we've shown that we can score runs one through nine in the order, and that's, that's been big because we haven't been relying on the long ball at all. So we've been manufacturing runs one through nine, and 
Uh, that's why we've been successful recently. Shane Winkler joining us, Coach. When you start two and five, do, do you have to, you know, remind the team that you play a, a ton of games? That it's not going to happen overnight. You got off to a bit of a slow start. Obviously, that's turned around in a big way now. But what was that start to the season like? And and was everybody able to remain locked in? And and that's why you're you're having success right at this part of the season. Yeah, that's that's where as a coach you try to win that cliche battle. You throw the one time <laughs> and control what you can throw, throw yeah. all those out there and make, make sure you're you're winning those battles. Uh, but the, the biggest thing is as us focusing on what's what's right in front of us. Uh, we talk about looking through uh, the windshield and uh, th- things that are that are right ahead of us. And and even that that slow start at the beginning of that first tournament, and we're we're right in those games. I mean, we we legitimately could have come out of that three and two, four and one. Uh, but we blew a couple games late, and uh, the biggest thing that we've been talking about from the fall is we got to learn how to win. Uh, we we gave away some games early on because we weren't quite ready to to seal the deal and and, and win games. So we're we're growing in that aspect right now, and uh, and it's really starting to pay off. But learning how to win is is a lot tougher than than you would think. Uh, it's not just rolling the bats and balls out and scoring more runs than the other team. You, uh, you, you've got to make sure pitch to pitch and um, and do, doing the little things within innings to stay out of big innings, and that's one of the things we didn't do during that first that first weekend is we gave a couple too many big innings up. But uh, you got to limit damage and things like that. So we, we, we've been growing in that aspect, and again, it's been paying off over the past week and a half. Shane Winkler joining us on the Pirate Radio Live Line Conference play beginning this weekend. East Carolina will be on the road at Memphis, and then next week a doubleheader uh, coming up against Duke during the midweek, and then the first home conference series coming up April first against South Florida. Coach, I, I asked you this before the season began, so let's reset it as you look around the AAC. Uh, who's playing well in the league? right now well I, a little bit of everybody at times but uh, i mean at the top of the conference ucf uh, uh rpi wise is 15th in the country uh, and, and they're i think they were ranked in six, 16th in one of the polls south florida has gone in and out of the top 25 they're, i think they're one of the top 25 teams in the country especially when they have their ace throwing uh georgina cork for them is one of the top three four pitchers in the entire country so they can beat anybody and they've shown that uh when she's throwing and then Wichita State swings the bats as well as anyone in the country. But, I mean, as, as you look from our conference top to bottom, and we're, we're a seven-team conference, and uh, three, four teams legitimately have a chance to go to the NCAA tournament every year. So, I mean, you, you've got to battle every time you go out there. And we're, we're really looking forward to conference play. Uh, so get, getting on the road to Memphis is going to be a big test for us. But, I mean, every weekend from here on out is going to be one of those do or die, you know, drag out wars uh, as we go forward. So we're going to be tested a lot moving forward. Coach, another question I asked you going into the year that I want to update on, how are you enjoying Greenville? How about uh, playing at Max R. Joyner Family Stadium uh, and being around this area? How how much have you enjoyed that so far in year one? You know, it's a dream. Uh, Pirate Nation is is amazing. And we we saw it down in in Charleston, South Carolina, this past weekend, uh, the, their facility, baseball, softball, is kind of a combined facility where, where they share a structure. And baseball is playing at the same time as we are, so we've got fans going back and forth uh, from baseball and softball. And there were way more pirate fans than than home home fans for College of Charleston in yeah. baseball and softball. And that, that was a neat experience. And uh, hearing the purple gold chants from baseball and softball going on at the same time was. Uh, w- w- was really exciting. So I mean, just just that aspect, just uh, the support from from the area, the community is is outstanding. But uh, but you, you mentioned playing in Max R. Joyner Stadium, and it's 
it's tough to beat. Uh, again, it's the best facility in the state of North Carolina. Um, the best, of, if not one of the best in our conference, so it, it doesn't get any better. Shane Winkler joining us today on the Pirate Radio Live Line. Coach, uh, you've got uh, UNCW coming up Wednesday, Memphis this weekend, and uh, your team right now playing some great softball. I asked the uh, a few baseball players yesterday when they came in here about college baseball becoming more mainstream. It still feels a little niche, but it has certainly gotten more popular, more eyeballs on it. How about softball, college softball? I think you could readily find a softball game maybe easier than a baseball game if you're just flipping around on SEC Network, ACC Network, one of the the ESPN channels. Uh, How much has that grown just your time in the game? I know you were a baseball player, got into softball coaching. How much has it become uh, a little more mainstream over the years? You know, it's the growth has been tremendous. Uh, A lot of that is due to uh, the sports and the NCAA, but I mean, just the overall support from universities that they've been pouring into into women's athletics has been big. I mean, you, you see some of the facilities across the country for for softball, or I mean, they're, they're outstanding. I mean, just like ours, but there's, I mean, obviously so many of the Power Five stadiums. But I mean, the growth of the sport has been extremely exciting. You, you said, I mean, basically every night of the week now, uh, especially during the season, you, you can turn on uh, any one of the channels. You're, you're going to find a mainstream game. Uh, ESPN has games on Monday nights. They have Thursday nights. Obviously, you got your Friday, Saturday nights. So there, I mean, there's games every night of the week that that you're seeing teams across the country. And that, I mean, the, the interest in in watching those games is big. And then you'll see once we get to the World Series. I mean, the the ratings for the World Series go up every single year, and they they spread out the World Series this year to not be quite as long as as baseballs, but uh, a few extra days, and I think that's going to do do even more for our sports because you're not having to watch games at one o'clock in the morning. So uh, the, the growth has been outstanding, and we, I mean, we love to be a part of that. And we're, we're going to keep seeing that with uh, just our local growth here and the interest in, in our team as we continue to have success. So uh, we, we just love being a small part of it. Shane Winkler joining us. Shane, I'm looking back at, at all the places you've been, and uh, I guess, did you spend a little time at, at, at Purdue? Are you, are you pulling for the Boilers in the tournament, or uh, who, who are you watching in this year's NCAA tournament? How's your bracket going? Yeah, uh, I, I think my bracket's probably right along with everybody else's right <laughs> yeah. now. It, it, blew, it blew up a half day in. Yeah. Uh, but P- P- Purdue's home for me. West Lafayette is where my family lives now. Uh, so we're we're always pulling for Purdue a little bit, but I don't know if I'm allowed to say it out loud. But I'm a I'm a diehard Duke basketball fan. Oh no! <laughs> uh, Thursday night Thursday night we'll be pulling for Coach K and the Dukies to yeah. to extend extend his run as, as long as possible. So uh, either way, when I when I get a few minutes to get to sneak away from preparing for for games, it's it's great tuning into the NCAA tournament and watching that because I mean that that competition is ex- exciting as anything. No doubt. I really enjoyed it. You can uh, catch the games right here on Pirate Radio if you're out and about. We'll have coverage Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday of the NCAA tournament and ECU softball back in action coming up on Wednesday. They'll be on the road this weekend, but a lot of opportunities to see the Pirates coming up next week, and they are playing some great softball. Shane Winkler, first-year head coach. Shane, thanks for your time. Keep up the great work, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Absolutely. Thanks, Cliff. Thanks for having me. Go Pirates. Shane Winkler joining us on the program today softball team uh playing some great softball right now winners of five in a row eight out of nine they will try to continue that coming up wednesday when they host uncw we'll take a timeout come back talk some hoops when we return what uh went wrong with joe dooley here at east carolina and what
what will Michael Schwartz do to get this team to the next level? We'll talk to Cy Seymour about that and run down all the action coming up Thursday and Friday night in the NCAA tournament. We're talking basketball when we return on Pirate Radio Live. Back with you after this. Listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. From sales to service, Greenville Auto World has all of your vehicle needs covered. Shop all of their inventory now at greenvilleautoworld.net. And if you're also looking for someone to service your vehicle, Greenville Auto World has a full service and repair facility. They do brakes, oil changes, tires, inspections, and repair any kind of vehicle. Greenville Auto World across from Speedway at Bells Fork, and you can go online at greenvilleautoworld.net. Thanks to Tim Sutton and Jim Rogers for their sponsorship of the program. Now let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here is your host, Clip Rock. Welcome back to the program. Clip Rock here with you on a lovely Tuesday in Eastern North carolina great spring day great baseball days carolina on the road at uncw coming up later on tonight they'll be home four o'clock on wednesday against elon that time has moved up from 6 30 to four o'clock so plan accordingly for wednesday's game uh and uh good time to talk basketball we'll have the action for you coming up thursday friday saturday sunday ncaa tournament action right here on pirate radio we'll talk about that and what's going on here locally with Cy Seymour, who joins us today on the Pirate Radio Live Line. Cy, always great to talk hoops with you. How you doing today? Clip, always good. And bas- this is the best time of year for basketball. It's just so much fun, and I know you love it, and I love it, too. I watched or listened to just about all of it last Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Cy, and plan to do the same uh, coming up this week. And uh, we'll talk about... My bracket and your bracket and the matchups coming up later on, but let's start closer to home side because a lot has transpired since we last talked. Uh, Joe Dooley out as head basketball coach at East Carolina, and then, boy, a quick turnaround. John Gilbert had a plan in place and uh, was able to execute that plan, bringing in Michael Schwartz. Before we get to Schwartz side, just kind of one final thought here on Joe Dooley. It certainly sounds like that there was – uh, he and the administration not seeing eye to eye, some kind of disconnect there. And I don't know, Sai, when it when it comes to Joe Dooley not being here, how much of it is not winning enough and, and how much of it is the, the behind-the-scenes stuff that we don't all know about? Uh, what do you think about that? Well, first of all, you got you got to congratulate Joe Dooley for what he did. He came in, and I'm just saying, he came in with Dave Hart as the hire and Cecil Staten as the chancellor, Okay. Four months later, neither one of them are in the picture. So the guys that promised support and promised to help you are both gone. Uh, And so that puts you behind the eight ball right there. Uh, But look at the job Joe did. First of all, the APR issues were really tough when he walked in, and he got that straight. That was very difficult. I mean, and then then recruited hard, got in the portal, and – got a group in that wasn't the best in the world, but he had to get what he could get when he could. Then the next year, COVID hit, and I think Joe missed like 45 days of practice. I mean, that year was, you couldn't count. And I'm sure, and I'm not, I'm not saying, well, hypothetically, I would think that 
Joe would go to the administration and say, look, these first two of the first three years, you know, we haven't been able to do what we need to do. And I think it just didn't work out. It just did not work out. But what Joe Dooley did was just work hard like he always does. Played, played hard as his teams can play, never gave up. And this year had a 500 season, which is very rare for the school. Uh, so for Joe, I don't know if he could have done much more than he did. I, I, did, I thought he did as good a job as he could possibly do. Now you take the other side of it. John did not get a chance to hire who possibly he wanted. And, and, and so philosophically, you run into headaches there. And, and look, neither one's wrong. Neither right. one's wrong, but that's what you run into. And uh, the bottom line is, I know Joe Dooley. He'll, he'll end up landing on his feet. He is a heck of a coach and a hard worker. But I do think, I think, give, as you said, give credit to John Gilbert. He worked quickly and got a quality hire in a program that was one of the top 10, 12 programs in the country. So, and, and I don't think anybody thought that could happen. If he did, he pulled off a tremendous hire in Coach Force. Uh, and, and you got to give him credit. And, and I'll have to tell you this. I've been on the phone with Coach Force, and I've also texted Coach Force. He's ready to go. So that's the other side of it. This, this guy's eager and ready to go, and I've had several high school coaches in the area say, this guy's an unbelievable recruiter. He recruited our kids. And he was he was he was just tenacious and did a good job with it. Having said all that, don't ever think I didn't think Joe Dooley did a great job, yeah. and we were lucky to have Joe. So it, it, it's it's the way the sports are today. I yeah. see where Jim Jankovic is retiring after six years at the SMU. That's hard for me to believe. I mean, that's that guy's a good coach, and, and I, I would have thought he would have been back. But it's so hard out there now. I don't know if the pressure was on or not, but. A great coach is retiring, and and that's the kind of the way it is. It's so difficult with the with the with the portal out there and the pressure on all these guys. It's, it's just ridiculous. Cy Seymour joining us, and you're right, Cy. And, and you said you didn't say this is how it is in in college basketball coaching or in coaching. You said in sports as a whole. I mean, just look at yesterday with the quarterback carousel in the NFL. It was just a boring Monday after March Madness weekend, and the NFL took over with all these quarterback moves. So that is the way it is. And and to use another quarterback parallel. Uh, you know, Carson Wentz gets announced as the Washington quarterback. And my first thought is, oh, no, I don't want this guy. And then you start to look at highlights and read some numbers. And and you say, okay, well, he's an upgrade. I'm kind of getting excited about this. Kind of the same thing with me with Michael Schwartz. You hear it and you're like, okay, Tennessee guy, that makes sense. But I don't know anything about him. And then you you hear what others say about him. You, you hear the, the Zoom. You watch that that he was on last week. And uh, you start to get excited about what he could potentially do here and i hate it si when every time there's a a coaching change at ecu before they hire the new guy i see a lot of people say who would want to come to east carolina why would you want to come here well there's a lot of young hungry coaches out there that want that job and and want that challenge and and here's another example of it with michael schwartz i'm i'm getting excited about it si we'll see what he can do uh but uh, i think i'm not alone when i say that i'm uh, excited about michael schwartz I'm really excited about it, and 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 uh, you got to understand that in the, in ECU is in a is really in a tremendous basketball conference. It's a multi bid conference. Should have had three this year. Uh, it's a multi bid conference. That's why Joe Dooley took it. 
I mean, he knew he knew that this is a league that you can get recognized in. He just had terrible circumstances come up uh, that affected him. But make no bones, this is a good league. Now, are you losing three teams? Yeah, but you still have Memphis. You know, you still have teams in here that can play. Uh, this will be a good league. It'll probably get them. It'll still be a multi bid. And and the thing is, in today's world, it changes tomorrow. But this guy coming in, it's a great hire. It's the top one, of the top assistants that he's got. Twenty years under him. It's not like he was at Miami and recruited well. He was at uh, uh, Tulsa and recruited well. He has been at Tennessee and Fresno State. This guy's been around the block twenty years and has been successful. And he's now eager to get his own job. You, you're very fortunate to get a man with 20 years in that hasn't had a head job yet because he'll be ready to go. He, he's got the experience under, under his belt to be very good. And, and the key is you've got to support him. You've got to support this program because I can tell you right now, this fan base can be as rabid as any fan base if they will start supporting basketball. These fans are the best. And I thought they came out really good, and the uh, the students came out really good this year. Yeah. So, can you do it? You can do it anywhere. <clears throat> let, let, let me get real here. For the people at ECU said it can't be done, let me give you one name, Gonzaga. Now, how many people knew about Gonzaga? <laughs> I mean, it, it, it really is not it, It's not rocket science. You get the right guy and the right fit, you can be successful. I mean, it's just that simple. So, you got to hope it's the right fit. You got and then you got to support it. And I think this young man is going to be a good coach. And people have got to get on board and help him to make this program work. So I see more joining us. I like what you said about you uh, talking to air, you know, high school coaches, and, and they talk about how Schwartz is recruited and is relentless. He's got to be able to do that. He's also got to be able to recruit this roster. And and right now, that is kind of a, a pressing issue. And and I have the same thoughts a lot of Pirate fans do. Can they keep Tristan Newton in the fold? Can they keep Brandon Suggs in the fold? And that, that I don't know. That might be priority number one for Schwartz, right? Well, it sure he is, and he knows that. I mean, look, this guy's been in a circle. He he gets it. Now, the sad thing is now, the pay-for-play comes into play. Or is Carolina willing to set the money down? Because that's going to be not East Carolina, but their fans. It's, it's a totally different world than I'm used to. I, I mean, it really is. Uh, and Brandon's going to be, I mean, uh, Tristan's going to be one of those guys. People are going to want him. And I don't know what the rate. Who knows? This is this is a brand new uh, store opening up that we <laughs> don't know about. Yeah. And I don't I don't know how to handle that. Uh, so I, I'm I'm really concerned about that. I I just don't know the pay for play. I just don't know how you handle it. What you're saying is a school could set up, or you know, an individual, anybody could set up some type of NIL deal with a player to attract him to their school. Is that what you're referring to? Right. NIL is going to come into play here. Yeah. And and this, this is what I've heard throughout the college language is Duke was the first one to get on this early for next year. And, and, I, and then I heard Krzyzewski say, I'll still be working for the university except for the different role. Ah. You wonder if it's NIL. You, right. you, you, you just wonder, is that in IL? I don't know, but I can understand if they do. Yeah. And, and I, I'm saying, uh, I, I've said this, and I'm, I'm looking at geographically, it's going to be hard for a Mississippi and a Mississippi State compared to Texas. You, mm-hmm. You're in an area. You're in, uh, I think the Research Triangle's got a gold mine if they want it. 
I'm just saying this thing is really, really tough. The NIL is going to be so different. Uh, different language for me. I'm used to people going to play basketball and enjoying it, getting a scholarship. So it's going to be a different world now. Cy Seymour joining us, East Carolina hiring Michael Schwartz. And uh, we'll talk to Igo later on in the show. I saw in Hoist the Colors, he said that he thought we'd uh, be getting some type of Michael Schwartz press conference this week. Do you know anything about that, side when he'll be here and, uh, and talking to, to folks? I know that he was driving in today. Okay. That's it. I mean, I yeah. know, and, and beyond that, you think about what's ahead of him. That's just driving in. That's not getting settled down. You've got to meet with your players. You've got so much going on. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I wish I could tell you that clip. I, just, I really don't know. I just right. know. Well, I hate to say it, Si, but but hey, we're all selfish. I'm kind of glad Tennessee lost so we could go ahead and get him here. Is that bad to say? You, you know, it's, it, you know I, it is. I want him to win, too. I yeah. want him to win the whole darn thing. Right. And we can look up and say, we had a guy that won the national championship. Right. I mean, I was fully born. And listen, what I looked at, he had the scout for the uh, Kentucky game, and, they got tw- and, and Kentucky got 22 points in the first half. In the twenty in the first half, Kentucky was held to twenty two points. He, they say, or the the people that I've talked to say that he is really one of the best defensive coaches in the country. Cy Seymour joining us. Cy, the SEC has been a disappointment in the NCAA tournament, but uh, they do have uh, one team standing, and and that team is Arkansas. And uh, I had Arkansas going to the Final Four. If I could redo it now. I might have Gonzaga beating them uh, coming up later on this week, but uh, I like the Razorbacks. They have been brutal to watch offensively so far in this tournament. That game against New Mexico State was an eyesore, but they will play defense for 40 minutes. That's uh, Eric Musselman's team. They're tough. Uh, do they have a chance against Gonzaga? How about that Memphis-Gonzaga game on Saturday night side, one of the best games of the tournament so far? Cliff, you, you and I think a lot. This is dangerous. We think alike. And, and I said that was a national championship-type game. Yeah. They did not turn it over. They went after each other. One bucket here or there, and Memphis wins it. And I feel so sorry for Memphis in that. In that, Had they played good earlier in the season, they would not have been a nine seed. Right, yeah. They would probably have been a three or four seed, and they'd still be playing i tell you what I like, too, Si, from the other night. After the game, uh, Drew Timmy, his comments, you saw the handshake line. There was, uh, It felt like a heavyweight battle, and like you said, they went after each other. And then there was, there was hugs after that game. It was it was cool to see the best some of the best players in the country have that mutual respect for one another after a battle like that. Yeah, I talked to uh, – I text Matt Dillon, who's the radio analyst on yeah. Memphis Radio, and I said, Matt, that was a tremendous basketball game. He said, we just couldn't handle Timmy in the post. They didn't handle Timmy. He just made some unbelievable shots. They they defended as good as you can defend somebody. Yeah. Uh, he also said, our plate was delayed. We didn't get back to Memphis until 7 a.m. in the morning. Man. They're charred. <laughs> I mean, but my point is, that, to me, was a national championship caliber or a final four caliber game. And I think I was glad I stayed up and was privileged to watch <laughs> two teams lay it out there all night long. And it gave me a new respect, as you're talking about, for Gonzaga. Yeah. Well, how about this? How about a letdown, side? And Arkansas gets by him coming up Thursday night. Tell me that's possible. <laughs> it could be possible. <laughs> it's possible. But, 
But then again, it's the SEC. They're looking at spring football right now. They don't. Have to. <laughs> you're right. I tell you what, the way they've gone in the tournament, I think you're exactly right. It's been rough. <laughs> well, well, I, I was really disappointed in the SEC. I thought, I thought, and I've said this. I thought the Big Ten was overrated, and they're lucky to have two in it. Memphis, uh, Michigan sh- shouldn't even be there. I, I really believe that. I think uh, they were eight. They were seventeen and fourteen. They shouldn't even be in the tournament. Yeah. So, uh, but they're there, and they've done well. But I'm saying they've got a lot of teams in and two left. But it, it, is, a, it is a good tournament. ACC's been surprisingly good. I think one of the reasons Miami's guards are unbelievable, and Laranaga is a great coach. Yeah, and they are they are scary. They can. They, I would hate to play them. Well, let's let's go let's go game by game here, size. So Thursday night, Gonzaga, Arkansas. I'll talk about that one a little bit. The winner we'll get the winner of Texas Tech and Duke and kind of interesting that mark adams there at texas tech is in the tournament longer than texas and chris beard just throwing that out there i know the yeah. red raider fans are happy about that um but they get duke coming up coach k and duke with a strong push there at the end of the michigan state game to win that one and uh red raiders blue devils that's gonna be a fun one coming up that'll be a fun one i, I would never ever count shashevsky out i just don't think to, to me to win it all i don't think they have the guard play I don't think they have the true point guard that can set it up and shoot it and run things the way they want to. But I say that, but Mike Krzyzewski is the guard. So he's going to set things up and run it. And and they can still win it, but I like that Texas Tech team. It's going to be really hard on Duke to win that ball game. I'll take Duke, but it'll be a nail-biter, and I wouldn't be surprised if Texas Tech beat them. Another great thing about this tournament side, you get – Arizona TCU, Memphis Gonzaga the other night, just some some fun offense, a lot of scoring back and forth. And then you'll get these Texas Tech games, these Arkansas games, where every point is at a premium because they lock you down defensively so hard. Love the different styles. And and Texas Tech uh, has a unique style. They're going to lock you down on defense. So. Exactly. They're going to play the defense. I love watching Virginia Tech Texas. I thought – Dang, you're talking about, talking about two teams that lock you down and play. Yeah. Yep. Two young, they're not young coaches, but two really top, up-and-coming coaches that are really special and fun to watch. All right, side Villanova coming up Thursday night, taking on Michigan. Love Nova this time of year. Uh, got good guard play. Got the, the inside guys. Seem to be a very real, well-rounded team uh, as they take on Michigan, who's been a surprise here in the tournament. Uh, sounds like you're going with Nova, though, coming up on Thursday. Yeah, Nova, Nova is uh, Villanova. I, I picked them to win it, uh, which is and the reason I did. I, did I mention this to you the last show, Cole Snyder? I don't refresh my memory. I don't know if you did or not. All right, Cole Swider. We came within inches of getting. Oh, okay. Yeah, I remember that name. Yeah. All right. Well, all right. Now he goes to Villanova. I mean, he's playing for Villanova, getting nineteen minutes a game. He goes into Jay Wright at the end of last year and says. I feel like I want to play more, Coach. And he said, I'm sorry, partner, this is what you're going to get. So he transfers to Syracuse. We were in that final, too. It was down to Syracuse and East Carolina because we had an inside contact here. We had a guy that could get him. And it came to uh, Bayheim's son, uh, Buddy, mm-hmm. called him and said, played AAU ball together come here. And that kid got 30-some against North Carolina. <laughs> yeah. And I'm thinking, if he wasn't playing for them and he got 30-some, what's on that Villanova ball club? And I'm taking Man. Villanova because of that. Yeah. That's why I took 
Yeah, well, that makes coach sense. Dave Wright is a great coach. Yep. And he, uh, he has been there before the other game in that region on Thursday night. It's funny to me now, Si, I listen to a lot of shows, college basketball shows, people who don't follow the American and Houston. And there was one guy in the partic- in particular I'm, I'm thinking about right now that said, you know what? I- I'm done picking against Houston. I admit I underrated them. They are some dogs. They will get after you defensively. He talked about, he said they will hustle. They will die for every loose ball. This is stuff we know, Si, watching Kelvin Sampson and and these Houston teams. Not only are they really good and talented, but they also outwork you. And and that battle against Arizona is going to be awesome on Thursday night. It will be a war. I, 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 to me, I, I'm just saying this. Kelvin Sampson should be able to go before the North Carolina legislature as a hero. What, what he's done for that area of the state his, uh, he went to Pembroke State. His wife's on the board of trustees at Pembroke State. And what he's done at the University of Houston is a national program. That's worth recognizing this guy in this state. Uh, he is an unbelievable coach who's done a tremendous job. And, and I'll tell you right now, he shouldn't beat Arizona, but I would. It'll be, it'll be heads up either way. I'm telling you right now, it can go either way. He's getting everything he can out of these guys. And this is out without his two starting guards that are sitting on the bench hurt and have been sitting there most of the year. And he's still in the Sweet 16 of college basketball. Unbelievable yeah. job what he's I, I, I just admire him, his work ethic, his son, is a great assistant, all those guys on that bench. And you got to understand, every unit that they play in, ECU gets a, a little bit of a check because of that as long as if the americans in the tournament they yeah. get a check good point and not only that he's making us money there's your rooting interest folks uh, for thursday night that'll tip off after 10 o'clock so schedule you a nap on friday so you can watch that one side uh, I will. I'll all right. Uh, let's go through the games real quick on Friday. Uh, the St. Peter's. How about Murray State is probably all last week thinking we finally get a shot at Big Brother Kentucky. We're going to prepare so hard for that one. St. Peter's beats Kentucky and then knocks off the Racers. And here they are in the Sweet 16 taking on Purdue. Uh, what a story for the Peacock side. Feels like it might be about to come to an end, though. What do you think? I, I think they don't win this one, but I love the bulletin board in New York that they put up. They said, was that now, have you seen that? I don't know. Uh, what is it? They said, look, you think we're afraid? We're from New York and New Jersey. <laughs> we're not afraid of anything. Yeah. <laughs> I loved it. Yeah. I loved it. That, that's the bulletin board up there. It's wonderful. I like it. But I do, too. But this team, they're, they've got heart, soul, and they're talented. Mike Nettie worked up there, so I kind of knew how hard it is up there. He used to sleep in a school, a Catholic school, because they didn't have a place for him to live and didn't give him enough money. He'd sleep in the school, had to be eight by, out by 8 o'clock the next morning when school started because didn't, they didn't want him in the hallway <laughs> with, the, with the high school kid leave wow. and goes and stays at St. Pete all day. That's It is a tough, tough situation. And, and yet they're in the Sweet 16. Yeah. Unbelievable story, but I would. T- I like. I like that uh, Purdue ball club, and I- I'd stay with Purdue. They're big. They're strong. They're talented. 
I would take Purdue. All right, Blue Blood matchups uh, uh, coming up Friday night, North Carolina, UCLA. North Carolina gets the big lead. Got to give them credit for that. They blow the lead against Baylor, but then somehow win it in overtime. Cy, as a coach, as an analyst, as a watcher, how many times does that team that loses the big lead lose in overtime? Uh, what, 80% it seems like? Uh, so, so credit to North Carolina. Credit to North Carolina. Credit to big uh, – we said this. Uh, credit the three-point shot after the, in the first uh, possession on overtime. The kid and kiss knocked down a three. Yeah. That, 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 I, uh, and so give credit to North Carolina. Give them their, their – for winning that ball game because that was just going to be a good ball game. I think Carolina's beginning to get it right. I think they can win this week. I just don't know if they can win the next one. I think they can win against UCLA. UCLA is going to be tough because you know how how Cronin is. I mean, his teams are so tough physical. Uh, but I'm taking North Carolina because uh, they're playing much better now. They're playing loose and they're gaining confidence. Uh, or is their kid going to be able to play that got uh, flagrant two? Yes. Yeah, Manning's yeah. playing. Oh well, ours didn't. Ours didn't get to play. Right, anyway. yeah, I believe. Well, you know, I, I think he is, Cy, but that's a good point. Brandon Suggs uh, did not. That Was that a right. conference ruling? Yeah. It was a conference. Well, there's no way the ACC is going to sit out Manic. No way. So, anyway, yeah. uh, but I thought I'd bring it up just to throw a dig, you know? Nah, that makes a lot of sense, Cy. That, that, you're right. So, anyway, but I, I like North Carolina. I like that they're, they're gelling at the right time. I just don't know. I, I look at Duke and North Carolina. I don't know if they're good enough to win it all. And that's crazy to say. Anybody in this group, look, let's get real. There are 350 teams. You're down to 16. Think about what we're saying. Yeah. I mean, good gosh, you're at 5 or 6%. Well, my champion's still alive, Cy, one of those 16, and that is Kansas. The Jayhawks right. taking on Providence, who have been called the luckiest team in America this year. Well, they didn't need luck uh, so far in their run. They've been blowing out teams here in this tournament. Uh, but they take on Kansas coming up. Uh, I like the Jayhawks, but Ed Cooley's guys, uh, they've been doing it all year, Cy. That, that could be a good one Friday night. No doubt about it. The Big East has two of and Providence. I like Providence. But I'm I'm like you. I'm taking the blue blood. I'm taking Kansas. I think they'll be there again too in the final four. I think I think they're that good a ball club. Uh, and you got Bill Self. But Providence is good. I don't care who you are when you go this far. Come on, sixteen teams out of a three hundred fifty. Well, Si, you're really good. And the last game on the docket, all I heard last week was how bad Iowa State was. I hadn't watched them play a lot, and here they are in the Sweet 16. Uh, But they got Miami. You mentioned it earlier. You like Miami. You like Laranaga. You going to take the Hurricanes on Friday? Going to take those guards, those veteran guards, and Laranaga to get through that game. But then I would take after that, I would take Kansas to beat Miami. Cy, fun breaking it down with you. We'll talk some Final Four uh, coming up next week on the show. We went a long time today, so I'm going to let you get your rest so you can gear up for some hoops on Thursday. Look forward to it, buddy, and look forward to next week, and and we'll be talking hoops, and you have a good weekend. Thank you, Cy. Cy Seymour joining us today, breaking it all down here on Pirate Radio Live. We'll take a timeout, come back, wrap up Hour 2 of today's show, get you set for Hour Number 3, where we will talk to Stephen Igo. And also make you a winner. Open up the booty bag. It's all ahead on Pirate Radio Live. We're back with you after this.
You're listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Do you need custom t-shirts, apparel, or promotional items for your business, organization, or event? Well, keep it local and print it local with University Sportswear. Contact them today at universitysportswearenc.com, the official sportswear provider of Pirate Radio. Now, let's head back in to PRL. Here is your host, Flip Brock. Welcome back into the show, wrapping up hour number two. Clip Brock, Stephen Igo, doing some work. We were talking as we were coming back on the air about the Buffalo Bills signing Von Miller, looking for his third Super Bowl ring with his third different team and third different quarterback. And when I saw that, I pointed out that he is trying to win a uh, his third ring with his third quarterback drafted in three different decades because you had Manning in the 90s. You had Stafford in the 2000s. You could have Josh Allen in the 2010s. And I said, if he wins with the Bills this year, he should go to the Bengals and try to get four Super Bowl rings with four quarterbacks drafted in four different decades. How cool would that be, Stephen Iga? Well, it's not going to happen because the FC West is going to win the next five Super Bowls. What do you got, division pride? Yep division pride. oh okay i remember that when yeah the how's that nfc east looking we suck yeah, i don't exactly. care i'm yeah. glad every team in that division is good sucks. i want the giants to Congrats on making the cowboys playoffs to suck seven and eight i'm not i'm not rooting for us the division to be good i'm rooting for the division to suck you don't want to have fun football every single week i had fun when we were seven and nine and made the playoffs that was fun <laughs> who are you why are you so high and mighty all of a sudden because the broncos are super Russell. bowl contenders that is lame. I, I disagree you don't think the broncos are a super bowl contender they need to make the playoffs first they'll be in the playoffs how they're in the toughest division ever assembled they'll be in the playoffs soon enough whether it's this year or not if they make the playoffs i don't know you can win 10 games and still miss it with exactly that, in that division you're in I know. That's what makes it so fun, though. Every single week is going to be high stakes. Every single AFC West game is going to be a big deal. When the Panthers and Saints play or the Panthers and Falcons play, how bored is Chandler going to be in week 14? Although he'll still be holding out hope that there's a path to the playoffs. I don't care. Look, I'm glad you said this because now when the Chiefs and Chargers are in the playoffs, I'm going to ask you how happy you are about these teams in your division. (laughs) And how great this is, and you're going to be rooting uh, for them, the right? Chargers, man. I don't oh, care now, who yeah, they sign. Oh, they stink. The Chargers are going to finish in last place in the FC West until they prove me wrong that they can actually live up to the hype for once. You want to talk about a franchise that's been hyped up and done absolutely nothing? Yeah, the Chargers are just the pinnacle of that. I agree. It's, they stink. it's sad. The Raiders stink. That division stinks. Well, the Raiders did lose Zay Jones, and I mean they only replaced him with Devontae Adams. So like, <laughs> clearly, they're going to take a step back. I tell you, they take a step back in leadership. Oh, for sure, they take a step back. Well, I was going to say in friendship because Carr and Jones developed a great relationship. Right, right. But I think he's friends with Devontae Adams too. They played together, right? That's yeah, pretty Fresno lethal. State. I wonder what their numbers were. When they I were mean, together. They, they were insane. But you look at the division, man, it's just like, not to keep hope. I don't even know why we're talking about this. But um, the weapons in this division are just insane. Like, every, you know, the Broncos' weapons are underrated because they had freaking Drew Locke and Teddy B thrown to them. I love Sutton. I love Judy. Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, Tim Patrick as your number three. They got K.J. Hamler, who's going to be, to me, the perfect fit for uh, Russell Wilson. So yesterday, I, uh, I'm watching CBS Sports Network, 
and it's got the fantasy tight ends Alberto uh, for uh for this year. Now the Broncos tight end was uh Noah Fant mm-hmm. who went to the Seahawks and uh I was shocked when I saw a Broncos logo up and a name I'd never heard of before in my life in the top like 15 fantasy tight ends for this year. <laughs> Albert Okwebunwan. <laughs> Albert Okwebunwan. Albert Albert Okwebunwan. I think is Okwebunam. Yeah. Okwebunam. There you go. Okwebunam. Albert o- Who the hell is Albert Okwebunam? Albert O, as he's known in in uh, Broncos. Because you idiots can't say his last name. Uh, he's going to be a great fantasy tight end. A because he does nothing but catch the ball. He doesn't block. He he doesn't. Is he do... on the team? Yeah, he's, was he on the team last year? He's been on the team. He was Drew Locke's teammate in college, and so they drafted him in the fourth round or so a couple years ago. He's dealt with some injuries, but to me, he was a better pass catcher than Fant. Fant was better after the catch and a better blocker, but Fant, now he's got unreal upside, but Albert O to me, I think is kind of a fantasy sleeper at tight end for sure, because they don't really have another tight end, and and they're going to use the tight end, I think, with Russell. Well, the commissioners in my fantasy league are both Broncos fans, so they're going to take this guy too early, and I'll never get a taste of him. Uh, I had a Raiders fan text in and say, the Raiders are better than the Broncos. Sorry. Um... No. I think the Raiders are better than the Chargers, though. Right now, we're just projecting that Russell Wilson's going to come in and, and be Russell Wilson. I guess you have to project yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, he's last year was the first year they didn't make the playoffs. And Did was, you like Russell Wilson before, like, three weeks ago? <laughs> no, because he kicked the Broncos' tail in the Super Bowl. Yeah, and he was the state guy. So, was but I mean, watching the press conference, man, he won me over. You know what his... That bright orange tie. They asked him what he he hopes to accomplish in Denver. He said, "Play ten to twelve more years and win three to four more Super Bowls." And okay, he's, he's thirty three. <laughs> so like, I I thought he'd be like win another Super Bowl, and he was he's like he's a young thirty three. Yeah, he, he is, but he's taking some hits, so we'll see. But he's never had a problem with injury before last year. I don't know, man. It's just. The, the NFL right now is crazy. The AFC is insane. Like, even the, the Colts making the move for Matt Ryan. Not that I think Matt Ryan's, like, still Matt Ryan, but he's still... Move. I mean... How about the Colts and how aggressive they've been at QB? For several years now. Ever since Luck went down, they brought in Rivers, Wentz, and now Ryan. And Ryan doesn't have too many years left. They're going to be doing it all over again. Yeah, I think that... That's the thing is they they have a good enough roster where they can make the playoffs, so they're just trying to plug and play a quarterback. Not and and I, I forgot to mention when um I got so fired up thinking about it. Josh McDaniels is the Raiders head coach, so hmm. when uh when he proves to me he's still not a freaking idiot as a Broncos fan who saw him just torch the franchise, then I believe that the Raiders. But they have a really good roster, man. I think just you know that I think the Chiefs aren't going to win the division. I think it's going to be Denver, San Diego. Not San Diego, L.A., whatever they are now. Oakland. Or, uh, or Vegas. <laughs> I got one of them right. They can't even stay in their own city. That's the problem, man. I mean, it's a joke when Denver goes to play, especially the Chargers. I mean, there, there's no Charger fans. Yeah, Vegas uh, crowds are pretty good, though. Yeah. So, all right, don't you love the NFL? We got all this going on. And I'm just, I'm just ready for the NFL. I'm ready for it to start tomorrow, I man. Know. Let's go. The draft is uh, next yeah. month. 
Yeah, so excited to see what quarterbacks are going to be taken. Like, there's just a and what teams take quarterbacks? Is yeah. it ones that already have a QB? Is it the ones starting from scratch? There's like so many unknowns this year. Where's Baker end up? Where's Jimmy G end up? I still think one of those guys ends up in Carolina. Uh, I mean, if you're the Panthers, like the division outside of Tampa is so bad. I feel like they've got an opportunity. The Falcons seem completely yeah. lost. They brought in Mariota. Is that right? Yep. They just seem like... I think the Saints and Jameis can be pretty good, but not great. But if I you're mean, the Panthers and you make the right improvements and get a quarterback, you can overtake the Saints. I agree. I would agree with and that. And then if you rack up some wins versus the Falcons and Saints and you're playing... Are they playing a last-place schedule? Do they finish in, last, in the division last year? Chandler! Panther, man. Did the Panthers finish last? We're having a quality Panthers, Panthers conversation. We're talking NFL, bro. Let's go. Let's go, man. I'm in here. <laughs> did the Panthers finish last in the division? Uh, no. Third? Okay. Yes. They finished third. Well, third place schedule yeah, was better than first or second. But still, you know, they potentially have a chance to get some wins. So if you're in a weaker division, you have a chance to make a move. Why not go for it? I mean, I don't think you're going to, you're going to have to not give up that much to get Jimmy G, I would think. He's not a, premium quarterback it, i know but well look what the falcons uh the uh colts gave up they didn't give up hardly anything it was like yeah, the third, third round, round or something for matt ryan now his cap hit was astronomical i don't know i haven't read what the deal is with that so if they're taking that much money yeah. they'll ease off on what they ask in return mm-hmm. or whatever all right uh good discussion we'll take a time out we'll talk some ecu what time you gotta leave it's a loud, five, it's a loud uh, drink you got there. Five twenty-five. <laughs> loudest. Five twenty-five. Five twenty-five. We got twenty. We got a solid twenty-two minutes to go. By the time we come back, we'll have about eighteen minutes. Less than. I mean, we are really looking at our clocks here now. We'll uh, talk some pirate athletics with Stephen Igo. What do you want to know? Ask a question on Facebook Live, Twitter. Call in 317-1250. More to go when we return after this. You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. At Angel Oak, they continue to make customer service a number one priority. A local mortgage advisor is the key to your transaction success and the combination of their local team's experience and Angel Oak's wide offerings of products from standard, conventional, government, and portfolio loans has something for every financial situation. For more information, call Talbot Green, Braxton Green, Joanne Weir, or Wanda Hager at 751-2060. Now let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here's Clip Brock. All right, got a few minutes here with Igo before he heads out to ECU, a spring of football practice. And I'll start there, Stephen, since we only have a few minutes with you today. Uh, spring practice, what stood out to you so far, <laughs> if anything, in terms of, for sure? Um, I have, No Mark Lindsay has probably stood out. Yeah, that has been a standout. And it's, it's honestly been, just hasn't been the same. Yeah, seriously. For sure and we don't get those same questions anymore 
And but no, I, I, anyways, back on track. Sorry, I was trying to multitask. I'm, I'm terrible at multitasking. You can't even do the show while ECU's playing a game. That's true. So I'm trying to make a graphic and talk at the same time. As Which I think says a lot about your professionalism and your love of what you do. Or at least your passion for it. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I don't know if those two things correlate, but it works. Anyways, what I see from spring football is offensive linemen. I see offensive linemen that are looking the part, that look good. I saw about 30 minutes of practice on Saturday, full day in uh, pads, first full day in pads and inside the stadium. And I like what I saw, and that is without four potential starting options in the mix. I was kind of going to go there next. So who's out there, who's not? Uh, Holt Naylor said the transfer Moore is in. Parker Moore. He's participating right now. He is. All right, so let's go like Bailey Malovic. He is out right now, but every time I've seen him at practice, he's out there. He's eating. It's (laughs) hilarious. He's eating like peanuts or something. Like he's on the Bryce Bryce Williams Williams diet. diet. Yeah. All right, Rob Vanderland. He is also out. So there's two guys. You know, Malovic started last year as a starter. Vanderland was a top backup who help fill in for Malovic when he got hurt and then he went down. So both those guys are out right now, but they'll be back in the summer. That is positive. Noah Henderson. Now, if you take the inflection <laughs> of my voice there, it sounds like we're going to go a different direction with him. Noah Henderson is in. in. And Mike Houston told me that he is practicing and playing right now as well as he has ever played now he had like a lingering deal like something back that just couldn't he was just going to deal with he was going to play he was going to come out of the game just play through the pain is that something that's going to happen in 2022 i think it's something that's always going to be there but it sounds like he's far enough maybe removed and continues to do some physical therapy to where and, and they're really uh they're 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 really do you want to talk about grady dick did y'all hear about grady dick hey uh chandler did you hear about grady dick (laughs) grady dick has been named the national boys basketball player of the year congratulations to grady dick mr dick popped up on the screen as i was trying to answer that i feel like they wouldn't they wouldn't have his name up here the whole time if it wasn't grady dick i think they're in on the joke and Igo is so immature, he can't handle it. He can't what a multitask. terrible multitasker. Exactly. <laughs> you just get that on the screen. <laughs> he looks like a actor in a basketball movie. Look at that Jay. He's like man. this clean-cut white kid that is the... Uh, Swatted? Out of here. He's definitely going to Gonzaga, right? Or Duke. Let's Google it up. All right, let's see where he's going. Okay, back Anyways, to your thought. I um, have another question if you're ready for it. Henderson, is that what I was talking about? Yeah, no Henderson. No Henderson. Um, to me, I, I think he's he's playing as well as he is, and he's also healthy because they can limit his reps this spring, similar to what they're doing with Holton Aylers. And so he's in a good spot. Now, once you get into the grind of the season, the depth of tackle would be big because then you can continue to do that, hopefully knock on wood that guys stay healthy this year and you don't lose an offensive tackle for the season on the first play of the season uh grady dick's going to kansas do you want me to read uh first words in his profile <laughs> long and lean mm-hmm. 
shooter. Guess what? Strong basketball IQ. White guy with a strong basketball IQ. Who would have thunk it? Every sports analyst in America. <laughs> All right. Now, so Malavik, Vanderlyn out. You said there's four out. Who are the other two that are out? The other two are on the way. Oh, okay. As in transferring in. And they will be here in the summer. Okay. One of them was actually at the uh, the scrimmage, or not even the scrimmage, the practice inside the stadium Saturday. Justin Red, he's transferring in from Norfolk State. Probably going to play guard. He was an All-American guard at Norfolk State, the FCS level. And then uh, Ben Johnson, a offensive guard slash tackle slash center, kind of a swing guy from Marist College. Those two guys will be in in the summer. And Johnson has two years left. Red has one year left. So, I mean, you're talking about – and right now you've got some pretty good guys on the offensive front. You've got Avery Jones at center, Noah Henderson at right tackle, Isaiah Foote, who's a guy that's been in the program. I think this is his third or fourth year now. He's running with the ones currently. Nashad Strother has been here. And then you've got Parker Moore and Walt Stribling, who are switching off as the first-team first, uh, first team offensive tackle. And, and Stribling has looked really good, too. So you got guys developing, older guys coming in, older guys coming back. The offensive line, is, on paper, is in as good a shape as we've seen uh, at, during the Mike Houston era and for several years. All right, another big question mark is the receiver position. So C.J. Johnson... Jesus. You want me to stay into this segment? I'm almost running out of coffee. And so what? what? They put a lot of ice in that thing. And I said light ice. Look. Did you, light can ice. you say quiet ice next time? <laughs> it is. I'm just going to say no ice. No ice. It, you get double the drink. How are you going to get iced coffee without ice, though? You know? It's just going to be a. It's going to be a coffee. Coffee. <laughs> uh, CJ Johnson suspended. Uh, Tyler Sneed out. Audio Matosho. Gone. Uh oh. I goes pointing out a name, and I like that name. Well, I'm pointing to him because he's wearing audio to tell me. Oh, oh he's wearing that number. number. Oh man, <laughs> Taji Hudson wearing the eight now. That would make sense. Always cool to see Terrence Copper Jr. Uh, mm-hmm. on the roster he's as well. He's getting some reps. Um, I believe that Holt Naylor's brought up said the name of last year's spring darling. Kerry King. Kerry King looking like t- scary Terry McLaurin in that 17 out there. Kerry King. Kerry King. Uh, so who is stepping up that you've seen early on, Igo? Or who are, who are the coaches talking about? Who are people talking about <clears throat> at the receiver position? Kerry King is one guy that I have noticed is, is doing some different stuff. And I was out there today. Holton Aylers is kind of instructing him around. Uh, you know, tell, telling him about alignment, where to line up, and it, but he's got big time speed. He's got the ability to beat teams down the field. He can play outside, inside. Another former walk on looks like could be a contributor at the receiver position. Uh, Maceo has been a little banged up. He's kind of your, I would say, favorite to take over the starting slot position. But you know, there's a ton of guys there. Uh, Jari Patterson's a former Marshall transfer. Yeah, I was going to ask about him because he, you were people were high on him He's coming. He's got in. great athletic ability. It's just all about the mental side and, and all that sort of stuff. Jalen Johnson's been running with the ones a uh, decent amount. The Georgia transfer who's in his first semester at ECU. Um, so you know, Brock Spalding made some catches the other day. Josiah Hatfield's working some in the slot. So yeah, there's just a lot of guys. And Is this my guy? Yeah. He's still here? <laughs> Andre Pagese? He's still a junior. He could still be here. My next God. Year, Let's get him on the field. I just think that 
you know, he's more of a special teams guy at this point unless he just has a breakthrough spring. I can't believe he's still on the roster. <laughs> I swear he's been here forever. Uh, I know Holton is high on Josiah Hatfield as well. And and yeah. we have seen him make some plays on the field. Well, consistency. So has, he, has he played three years? This is his fourth year. Yeah, first year he was involved quite a bit. Second year... Injury, yeah, he just kind of last year made plays here and there. Want to see him back the way he was his first year? Does he still have a chance to do that? Yeah, I mean, I think last year was a major step in the right direction. It's just consistency with a lot of these guys, and he's kind of the prime example. He has all the speed, good hands, has made some tough catches in the past. It's just what's what's it going to take for him to be consistently in the lineup and out there? And that's just something he's got to prove. He's got to go out there and earn it. They're not just going to hand it to him because he's got talent and upside. He's got to earn it. And so I think he's definitely a, a guy that could take a big step forward. And, you know, he worked outside some this year or last year. I think he's doing more in the slot this year with Sneed gone. Sounds like we have 12 slot guys. Uh, Who's on the outside? Johnson, Jalen Johnson on the outside. Troy Lewis, Kerry King has been on the outside. King's a shorter fella. He is, but he's got some speed, so he can do a little bit of uh, everything. Um, Tyree Saunders, Ray Rose. Okay. uh, Andre Pegues. They're going to have to impress the coaches, but also develop a rapport with Holton Aylers because Holton is missing that security blanket that was Tyler Sneed. And this year, I go, his security blanket might not be a receiver. It might be. Ryan Jones or Shane Calhoun or a tight end. Yeah, I mean, I continue to see a lot of two tight end sets. When we do over-unders this year, I'm, I'm going to have to boost that number. Like, will a tight end be a leading receiver is a real question this year. Have the most catches on the team. yeah. I mean, if you told me to guess right now, I would say Ryan Jones leads the team in receptions. Right. And that's I mean, kind of where we are. And there's a lot of design plays for both those guys, Calhoun and Jones. Um Will Keaton so, Mitchell have more catches than ECU's second leading wide receiver? No. I'd, I'd say, yeah. I mean, it's a possibility. Like I'd say like 38 to I 35. Think that, I think I think eventually what will happen is they'll add a receiver transfer as a potential number one guy. They've got somebody visiting this coming weekend uh, from Toledo. And then I think... I'm still torn on this, but I think C.J. Johnson will ultimately be back. That number has risen. We're going to do a couple of percentages before you leave. You, I feel like you were below 50-50 on C.J. Yeah. Before now, and now it's closer to 50-50, and now you're saying above 50% that he's back. I think just he's still got to do some things, but he hasn't messed up the process of coming back yet it sounds like part of that too is him wanting to come back mm-hmm. and i guess that part is happening yeah i think he wants to come back he's been i mean just everything i've heard i haven't talked to cj no. personally but it sounds like he's been following the strict plan that they have for him and i think i do think you have to sit him out the whole spring because you got to give the guys on the team that have earned the right giving them those reps i mean you know what cj can do anyways would you like to have him out there if he's going to play? Sure, but he also needs to serve his time. I mean, wait. So is CJ going into year four, and he's only participated he's had, in one spring. He's had one spring last year. Wow, interesting. All right, a couple more percentages before you leave. Go ahead and turn your radios off. You're not going to want to hear this percentage that Tristan Newton returns to East Carolina. 
I don't know, man. I mean, just I, say it. Just uh, rip the bandaid off. I, I don't have any inside information one way or the other. I think it's a good thing he hasn't entered the portal yet. I still say 50 50. Why do you look at me like somebody just died? I feel like I've read. First of all, you've been saying he's gone for like months now, just kind of being a jerk to me, I think. Like you didn't even believe it. You're like, well, Tristan Newton's leaving. I said that Tristan Newton. The word was if Joe Dooley was back, there was a plan to bring in his brother from Joe Dooley, who's at you know his brother's at Evansville. He's going to come in as a grad transfer. Winston Newton. <laughs> I think it's Jawan Newton or something like that. Blitzen. <laughs> All right. Either way. So fifty fifty. All right. I don't know, man. I mean, probably forty sixty. Okay. Is that better? Does that make you more? I want more you to tell me what you feel. My feeling is I have not heard anything from Tristan, nor have I heard anything from the new regime, so I am totally spitballing. Well, how about do your job? How about I've I've contacted both sides, and I've yet to... Have you showed up at Subdogs and seen him and Aaron Jones and asked him in person? No. Because I did. I'm not going to tell you what he told me. (laughs) I I think... Just kidding. I did not ask. This is the thing that concerns me. Okay. Tristan Newton's from Texas. Texas A and M has Steve Rockefeller also in Texas. Also in Texas, he recruited Tristan Newton to East Carolina. They're one missing piece from getting to the tournament. Tristan Newton, um, Joe Dooley searching for a job. If he ends up on assistant staff, or you know, I've heard Louisville and NC State. Oh my possibilities. God. I got another question. Likelihood Tristan Newton's wearing a shade of red next season. If, if Joe Dooley goes to those places and. Yeah, uh, uh, or one of those gross. places, and Tristan Newton wants to follow. You have that possibility, so I think there's a, a chance for sure that it happens. It's just there's still a lot of things to play out, and you know that if you're Michael Schwartz, you know you, your philosophy is defensive basketball, and you know kind of length and athleticism. Tristan Newton's a perfect fit for your system. Tall point guard can match up with anybody on the perimeter. 6'5", perfect player to build around. So there's a lot for Coach Schwartz to sell coming in here. Tennessee's got awesome guards. That Ziegler guy and yeah. the other one, I can't think of his name. Uh, uh, bring him, bring some of those guys in, man. I some. mean, as talented as they are, and the interesting thing is he recruited a lot internationally for them. A yeah. lot of those guys were under the radar until he found them. That giant um, European dude the other day did our taunt, Chandler. He was doing the, you're too small to guard me. And then they ran down the court, and their big guy like scored an and one on them. Uh, final one, Brandon Suggs. I think he's back. I mean, he'll he'll have uh, he'll have interest, but to me, Brandon Suggs is a perfect guy for ECU. Like, I don't think he's going to go to wherever and be a star. Like, I feel like he's a perfect player for ECU. I feel like he is too. And where else are you going to have the Sugg boat? Exactly. Nobody loves him more than me and. But others. that's one of the more interesting storylines to follow is just these next few weeks. Yeah. You know, how the roster turns out, what guys does Schwartz um, reach out to in the portal so we can kind of get a feel for what he's looking for. And he's got to evaluate the roster. He's got to go through the games and say who's a fit, who's not. I don't think he's just going to look at the roster and say, hey, this guy's 6'1". I don't like him. We're going to ship him out. So there's got to be some conversations, yeah. evaluations had, all that sort of stuff. All right, Iga. Thanks for hanging out. Go to hoistacolors.net. New podcast out where, uh, interesting, Stephen talks to one of the message board posters. That's a new feature. Yeah. 
and uh started last night yeah check that out and it was a good uh good conversation so maybe one day we'll get cb3 up there ah he's an interesting guy all right thanks for hanging out we'll send you off to uh to football practice we will take a time out shirley you want to go and open up boot bag here we're doing the tube day you can win game used ice from steven igo's loud cup and what else shirley lunch for two at tiebreakers the breaker open for lunch and ready for you 317-1250 what color are we looking for i'm gonna go with color 10 color 10 317-1250 we're back with you we're back with you after this after this You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Quality Equipment is your full-service John Deere dealer with 28 locations to serve you. Quality Equipment is open in Winterville next to Sam's Club. Or visit qualityequip.com to find the location near you. And congratulations to Tanya Hooks of Greenville. Picked up lunch for two at Timebreakers. Timebreakers is open every day at 11 a.m. and is the best place to watch your favorite sports while enjoying the best wings in town, along with sandwiches, appetizers, cold beer, and more. Follow Timebreakers on Facebook and Instagram for daily updates. Now let's head back into PRL. Here's Clip. All right, during the break, uh... We saw Rip Hamilton on TV on CBS Sports HQ. And I said, hey, Hamilton uh, had a March Madness buzzer beater. And it's a great play. So Chandler and I looked at it. Favorite March Madness buzzer beater, go. Oh, boy. I'm going to go with... I know what Shirley's going to say. I know what you know. This conference tournament started uh, count as March Madness. No, you can't say Kimba. I'm talking about the NCAA tournament. I'm going to go... Oh, no, I can't go with that one. I don't know. All right, Shirley, you're going to say Christian Leitner. Yep. Knew that. Because I, I was I was watching that game at my oh. best friend's house in her living room, and it was a late game. Leitner hits the shot. We lose our minds, wake up everybody in the house. Vern Lundquist, I believe, on the call. Yes. Jenkins, Villanova. Chris Jenkins. Chris Jenkins over Carolina. To win a championship. To win the national championship after Marcus Page hit a – acrobatic yeah, shot like a triple clutch and then you had chris jenkins just just putting a dagger in the hearts of Tar Heel fans uh our almost favorite would have been uh hornet player hornet, gordon hornet, hayward hornet. if oh that gosh. bank shot would have gone in against duke but it did not my favorite pretty uh pretty lame pretty obvious choice but the the play was called pacer and it was ran by Valparaiso, Homer Drew. Oh, yes, I remember that. And he drew yeah. it up for his son, the giant Bryce killer. Drew, the giant killer. That's what Valpo was called for And also, Ron Hunter drawing up the play for his son, R.J. Hunter. Yeah, was that a buzzer beater? That was not. There was, there was time left on the clock. But uh, one of the greatest moments yes. in March history. Yes. So. And now he's you know, dressed into a T and 
acting a fool with Minji's. And has folks excited about Tulane basketball for yes, the first time yes, that in is correct. ages. So good for him. Scott says, Wittenberg, that's a long way. And uh, was it Lorenzo, Lorenzo Charles? Charles? Yeah. He says NC State versus Houston, 1983. I mean, that's to win. Is that one and Jenkins the only two that come to mind to win a championship game? At the buzzer? Yeah. Yeah. Rest in peace, because, because that Christian Leitner shot was uh, that was like a lead eight. I yeah, believe. I think it was a lead eight. Yeah, it was on a Saturday night because mm-hmm. my mom was a Duke fan, and my friend who was spending the night that night, Andy, was a Duke fan, and we were in the living room watching it, and I, they were all cheering, and I was just disgusted by it all. I just remember because my best friend's dad uh, used to deliver bread to like grocery stores. Uh, he worked for Sunbeam. And he had to be up at like two, three o'clock in the morning to go and load up his bread truck. So he was already asleep. And when Leitner hit that shot and we started jumping up and down screaming, we woke up. I hate Christian Leitner. And I don't, but I just love that documentary. That's a great, yeah, that, that no, that's a really good uh, documentary. All right, we got a good one here, I think, from Robert. Uh, James Forrest. That's a throwback. Georgia Tech. What year was that? Huh, 1992. Oh, my goodness. That was my junior year of high school. Just catch and chunk. Well, what was... Leitner's was like the same year, right? 91 or 92? It was one of those. I I remember I was in high school. I I don't remember the exact year. And I hate it. He said Tyus Edney, too, which was just a coast-to-coast, the lefty point guard for UCLA, which that one stunk because they were the favorite. Always root for the underdog in the tournament. But Edney laid it in to uh, get the win oh one of my favorite it was not technically a buzzer beater but i'm gonna pull it up because it was Vern and um bill raftery it was northwestern state and they were wearing they were here's another thing here's why i always remember that you know one. what grinds my gears the court they had an awesome court for this game they had the all black paint and inside the three-point line and like all inside it because at that point they would do it on they didn't have the what am i trying to say the the courts all didn't look the same right where it's just ncaa tournament they had unique courts so so i'll always remember this one because the entire inside the three-point art is all black but northwestern state is playing iowa and you got Vern. They just make a miracle three in the corner. And you got Vern and Raftery. Iowa comes down, misses one. God, the tournament's so awesome, and. I, I'm looking at a list. Uh, it's on NCAA.com. Apparently, from 1977 to 2019, there was 34. No, two, 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 2021, there was 34 buzzer beaters. One of them was um, you involving UNC Wilmington. Oh, Maryland. Uh, yes. Yeah. Maryland. Well, um, it was Nickel Drew Nicholas. Yes. Hit a shot to be UNC. Yeah. Hey, I like this. Let's quiz me on the 75 to 73, Maryland over the Seahawks. <laughs> right in front of the Maryland bench. Uh, you know what year shot. that was? 
I'm oh. going to say it was the year after they won the title. So it was like 02, 03, 04. Was that when, uh, o- was that yeah. when Gary Williams was the coach at Maryland? Sweaty Gary. Yeah, yeah. That dude. Good Lord, he had a perspiration problem. You had Texas over West Virginia, 74 71 in 2006. Is that the player's name? Was um, it Ivy? Maybe I'm wrong. Royal Ivy? Uh, nah, I don't know. Let's see. I'll, I'll look it up. All right, what else? Uh, in, t- in 2008, Western Kentucky takes down Drake, 101 to 99. Wow, I don't remember that. That's awesome. Um, Ty Rogers, game winning three for Western Kentucky. You have Villanova in Pittsburgh in 2009. Villanova still in the tournament this year, 78 to 76 over Pittsburgh. Oh wow, there is a 13 minute. Oh Tate George, that was a, an old one. Uh, a 13 minute YouTube, 14 minute YouTube. Every March Madness buzzer beater from 85 to 2021. Wow, I'm watching that when I get home tonight. There you go. There's 14 minutes of my evening planned. Do you remember Scotty Reynolds' clip rock? He had a last-second layup for Villanova to beat Pittsburgh in 2009. Yeah. Murray State beat SEC contender Vanderbilt 66-65. to um, I remember the... It doesn't say the, the names. I remember the old ones more than the new ones. Like the 80s and 90s ones, I remember. Or I would say 90s and early 2000s. Michigan State over Maryland, 85-83 to in 2010. Um, Cincinnati beat Purdue in 2015, 66-65. Iowa goes uh, and beats Temple, the Owls, 72-70 oh, in I had Temple in that game. I um, went to Wings over Greenville. I remember that night. Yeah, so Adam Woodbury's tip-in yeah. defeated the Owls. Love it. Your Xavier, whatever their names are. Wisconsin beat them 66-63 in 2016. The Musketeers. Um, Bronson Coning. I can't Caning, remember. Coning. Coning. Uh, Wisconsin. Coning? Yeah. Yeah. So... All right, I'm ready for Thursday now. Bring it on. I need more basketball. Oh, and of course, the Luke May in the Sweet... I think that was in the Sweet 16. Oh, yeah. Dagger. um, See, that's not a buzzer beater because that was .3 seconds left. So, well, I guess you might as well Who was that? Like Kentucky or... It was Kentucky. Yeah. (sighs) Sister Jean beat our Miami Hurricanes 64-62. two more nights without basketball. At least we got sports trivia tomorrow night. I'll be asking a lot of these questions. Well, we do have Diesel. baseball tonight. We got baseball tonight and tomorrow night. Mm-hmm. That'll bridge the gap. So, just trying Does to make it to Thursday. Does softball have tomorrow night? I, I, softball I'm, is tomorrow, but that yeah. chime, that chime, that time has moved. So, yeah, because uh, they're they're predicting inclement weather. ECU softball. We talked to Shane Winkler earlier. I saw that time had moved this afternoon. Uh, they're going to play at 3 o'clock tomorrow, so we'll be following that okay. on the Buccaneer Music Hall School Board presented by Dubuck. Dubuck. Take a timeout. We'll come back, have more for you on Pirate Radio Live here on a Tuesday after this.
You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. A quick look at your stock market report. The Dow was up 254 points and closed at 34,807. The Nasdaq was ahead 270 at 14,108. And the S&P was also up 50 points at 4,511. That's your Wells Fargo Advisors financial report for a personal look into investing. Call Wells Fargo Fargo Advisors today at 756-6900 in Greenville. Wells Fargo Advisors, LLC, member SIPC. Now let's head back into the show. Here's Clip. All righty, East Carolina and UNCW about to go at it. The Seahawks will make the return trip to Greenville later this year. So we can get back at them for all their fans' rowdy behavior that we're going to hear today. As uh, CJ Mayhew and others talked about, uh, that that might be the rowdiest road environment they uh, face this year and have faced in the past. One of them said that there was a glass wall or something out there. And, you know, like our fans here at Clark LeClaire Stadium, they know how to talk junk and uh, get in the heads of the opposing players. And tonight the opposing players is the East Carolina Pirates. So need a win tonight. And for those that do not know, the starting pitcher tonight on the hump for the Pirates is Ryder Giles. That means there's going to have to be some changes in the field. Uh, let's look at the lineup. Bryson Worrell will lead off playing center. Lane Hoover is in right, hitting second. Jacob Jenkins Coward is your DH batting third. Batting cleanup will be Zach Agnos, who moves from uh, second base to shortstop. Cam Clonch is in left field, hitting fifth. Amac is over at third base, hitting sixth. Josh Moylan will be hitting seventh at first base. Jacob Starling gets the starting nod at second base and he will bat eighth and then ben newton will be catching for the pirates tonight hitting ninth so your shortstop is pitching which moves agnos from second to short and that moves jacob starling into the lineup at second base as the pirates looking to take down uncw we'll see how long Ryder giles can go tonight and uh he's plenty warm ready to go so if he's looking good maybe he gets extended into the game we shall see uh but midweek uh pitching has been pretty good for east carolina thus far and they're going to be relying on that bullpen tonight now remember this is game uh one of two midweek games this week so you're going to see uh probably a lot of arms use these next couple of nights interested to see how godwin and uh austin knight use those arms yeah i mean you got uh, a road game tonight against unc wilmington then you're back at home uh, in the friendly confines of Clark LeClaire Stadium uh, tomorrow night against – well, I say tomorrow night. It was supposed to be 6.30. It has now been moved to 4 o'clock for those that do not know, and they will be playing the Phoenix uh, Elon Phoenix tomorrow night. So, uh, yeah, kind of uh, wondering how our arms will be used, what kind of pitch counts will be used for the guys that go on to the uh, bump for ECU. And so uh, wonder if we'll see some familiar guys or if we'll see some guys that really haven't you know thrown that much this year for ECU. Uh, by the way, Chandler needs to make a retraction and an apology for something he said earlier in the show. Go ahead, Chandler. I'm so, I, I don't – what are you talking about? Uh, yeah, some incorrect information that you need to apologize for. Oh. So, the Panthers <laughs> did not finish third in the NFC South. 
they indeed finished last. Now I like that you are such a positive person. You just kind of, you just kind of took it out of your brain, threw it in the trash, and said, "I am forgetting all about last." You season. know what's the funniest part is that I forgot that we won only five <laughs> games last year, and it's not like you tied or one game for like, the second straight year in a row. There were two. The Falcons were two games ahead of y'all. In the Seven stadium. and ten. <laughs> Jeez. So the Panthers will indeed play a last place schedule. Yeah. Which, by the way, the opponents are announced, just not the uh, the schedule. No. So, uh, do they play Washington this year? No, I don't think so. I believe uh, the Giants finished last minute. in the NFC uh, East. So you've got you'll play at the Ravens, uh, at the Bengals. So you'll have the Steelers and the Browns at home. You will play the Cardinals at home, the Niners at home. Deshaun Watson coming to Carolina? Yes, that is true. As an opponent, though. You will go to the Super Bowl champion Rams. You will go to Seattle. You got Igo's Broncos at home. Let's go, let's go. Russell Wilson. See if Steven Igo makes the trip to see uh, Russell Wilson play. You got the Lions at home. And you'll be on the road against the Giants. So that is uh, the opponents outside of your division for 2022. Just like Russell Wilson has bad memories in Dowdy Ficklin Stadium, he has bad memories in Bank of America Stadium. Hey, Russell, if you're listening, you remember Luke Keekley? Oh, yeah, you do? The pick six in the I, divisional game? I feel like <laughs> I feel like y'all used to meet in the playoffs quite a bit, didn't you? Yeah, we played them at Seattle in 2014 uh in a wild card game gosh cam chancellor with the knockout punch pick six uh yeah so let's see we had that game uh and that was awesome and then we had which was that was not awesome and then we had that divisional round at home in that super bowl run in 2015 slash 2016 that was awesome close uh regular season games with them too with it seems like with mm-hmm. seattle yeah. every year all right, let's uh, take our final break. We'll come back. We'll wrap up today's edition of Pirate Radio Live. Get you set up for Wednesday's program when we return after this. You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back for the latest breaking news, interesting stories, and awesome contests. That can make you a winner. Be sure to follow Pirate Radio on our social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at PR927FM. Join the over 54,000 followers today. Now let's head back into PRL. Here is your host, Clip Rock. We'll recap ECU UNCW coming up Wednesday, and we'll talk big picture college baseball items with Aaron Fitt from D1 Baseball. Uh, First time we'll have a chance to talk to him in 2022 so we'll look around the country we'll talk east carolina around the state and more coming up on wednesday's show got that and a lot more bryce williams will see how his bracket's looking i can tell you it's not looking good we'll get uh, his thoughts on that and a whole lot more coming up wednesday on pirate radio live for shirley rhodes the chan man 
I'm Cliff Brock. We'll see you Wednesday, 3 o'clock. So long, everybody. Thanks for listening to Pirate Radio Live, an exclusive presentation of the voice of the Pirate Nation.